This is Vince Coakley. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. And you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin. And how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin... Let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right. I am talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the silver tongue one, 2016's honorable mention father of the year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo. 100th episode. We did it. Woo! Unbelievable. I didn't think we'd be around for 10. We have defeated the odds. We appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. 100 episodes. I think, uh, coincidentally, uh, uh, Bill de Blasio from New York just announced he is the 100th candidate for the Democrat Party for the 2020 election. So there that, you go. That's awesome. Quite a coincidence. Anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in as always. You can reach us on the Southern Fry Philosophy Facebook page. I'm just going to let it run, baby. Go ahead. If you're going to do it, if you're going to do it, do it. The Southern Fry Philosophy <laughs> Page, <laughs> you gonna let it run? Just let it, just, it's gonna keep going. All right. If we're that. gonna get sued for royalties, let's let's get something out of it. Well, now you just tagged us in it now. Oh, that, that's part of the algorithm. <laughs> anyway, go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just go there, search Southern Fried Philosophy, give us a like, a share, a subscribe, a heart, thumbs up, high five, however, how, whatever emojis they whatever use. Whatever you want to do. Care. Anyway, just go there. Um, we really appreciate that. Give us a review. That's the most important thing, mm-hmm. um, up or down, like, left or right, don't swipe like, right. I don't care. Yeah, swipe swipe right. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, just give us a review. That helps the uh, algorithms, you know, these podcast aggregators to you know, basically just push us up in the feed. That way we get recognized. We appreciate the ones who have done that. Um, you can find us on the Twitters and Instagram, SFP Radio. Uh, go to youtube.com forward slash SFP radio. Also our Patreon link. If you want to support the show and, and big will fill you in a little bit about that here in a second, but yeah, just any way you want to connect with us, we'd love to have you our website, uh, southernfriedphilosophy.com. You can play our episodes directly from there on, while you're working. Just open up a separate tab. That way you can hide it from your boss, but they can listen to because we're work friendly. Sometimes. Most of the time. I think, no, I think we are. We haven't said any dirty words yet. I play it from my office every week. So that a boy. We sit, we sit in kind of a bullpen area because mm-hmm. we really have to talk. How, how, how many, how many people? Did... There are at least four with an earshot. All right, someone did you play that episode four times in a row? That way we get credit for four plays. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, I listen to it usually at least twice. Okay, okay. I, I listen okay. to it once just for general listening, and then I listen to it the second time for more of a. Uh, Critical ear. Oh, okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Just gotcha. so I, I like can, that. You know, I like that. I don't. I don't even listen to mine when I edit them. By the way, that third voice is uh, Marty from Commoners. Once again, he's becoming a regular here. Yeah, and uh, he is a purveyor of some fine beverages tonight. So I want to give him credit for that. Yeah, this is the. Is this the number four? Cheers. This is four again. Cheers. Love it. Cheers to you. <sighs> Cheers to you. Hey, Congra- hey, congrats, man. Congrats. Hey, we did Cheers. it. One hundred. I can't I believe. I can't it. believe in, in just a little history when you came to me with this 
wacky idea of doing a <laughs> uh, a podcast. I about crap my britches. I about had a I about had a crap abrasion. <laughs> or sell a crap Asian, whatever you want to call it. I sell a crap Asian. Sell yep. a crap Asian. All right. So uh, just because I just didn't see me doing this. You yeah. Know? But anyway, it's been it's been a, a hoot and a holler for almost what three years now. Yeah. It's taken us a while just because we've had breaks and things like yeah. that. So. But 100 episodes. I mean, how, how many podcasts out there don't get past like 15, 20 episodes? Most of them. Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. That The fact that we've made it 100 just, I think, just makes it evident how stupid we are and that we don't know what we're doing. So but, yeah, that. but hey, we've, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I heard, I heard a rumor that uh, mm-hmm. episode 101, we have Joe Rogan coming on. Oh, yeah. I'm going to float that rumor out there. I'm yeah. Just gonna throw it out there in the ether. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> See what sticks. Marty would be like crapping your pants right then. Dude, that's my, that's my bucket list. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to be a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, uh, at some point. I don't know what I'm going to have to do. Um, but, I've got ideas. Yeah. And it involves a brewery. So. I, that or I know I know Joe is a um, a big weed guy. Psychedelic so, mushrooms also. So I'm gonna you know maybe I'll do a weed infused beer mm. or um, do psychedelic maybe I'll just, mushroom infused beer. <laughs> maybe I'll just hit Willie's stash and send some to Joe. There you go. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Ryan Ray. He is our latest Patreon subscriber. Welcome to the family, Ryan Ray. You get a bumper sticker, a hat that is back ordered. We're still waiting for those. Um, you get the show on Sunday night and extra content and a T-shirt. Ryan, thank you so much for being part of the SFP family. We really appreciate you uh, helping us as we move forward in the, in the show. Also want to say a shout out to our new listeners from O'Fallon, Missouri. Where? O'Fallon, Missouri. Okay. You remember O'Fallon? Yeah. Okay. Right? Remember yeah, that whole yeah. debacle? Um, Hinkham, Massachusetts and Osening, New York. Our Northeast listeners are starting to, to rise up. Maybe they want to move to the South. What do you think? Uh, uh, as much as I love you, I'm going to have to say no. Okay. Because right. uh, North Carolina is officially closed <laughs> for uh, immigrants. No more. <laughs> for uh, American immigrants. We're, we're officially clo- we're closed. We're all full up down here. But, and we appreciate everyone listening. Um, once again, everyone who's just, man, they've, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Like yeah. so three years yeah. of just, Getting to hang out with you, not having to deal with my wife on those Wednesdays. It's great. Yeah, sure. I appreciate that. So, yeah. But we've, we've talked to some great guests. We've got to yeah. meet some cool people. Um, we've ate some great food. Yeah. I, some just, good biscuits and gravy. Yeah. I'm, I'm just... I'm just flattered to be here <laughs> for 100 episodes. Uh, and listen, we've got... I know we've gone through some great guests, but we have got some more great guests coming up and I'm really excited to have those folks on the show. So we'll keep you up to date on our future guests and who they're going to be. Joe Rogan. Uh, that's true. Uh, I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo, how you be darn? Well, I'm great. I'm not going to complain. This is the 100th episode. <laughs> uh, it did take me some time to get here. I mean, geez. Hey, buddy. Between, between the normal good gravy. everyday traffic, we also had the... Uh, NASCAR decides to come out and plop a bunch of stinking cars down the main drag here. Mm-hmm. And uh, every 
every hillbilly bumpkin, uh, white and black, decide to come down and, and hang out and look at the cars. I yeah. mean, come on. I mean, it's a it's a big deal down here in Main oh, Street, yeah. downtown Concord. They had uh, all kinds, both sides of the streets yep. are filled with NASCAR cars. I saw iHeartRadio, a, mm-hmm. a bunch of oh, a vendors and stuff no, out there. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's actually nice. I mean, I, yeah. I agree. I, 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 it's actually, I give it a hard time just because I hate, the crowds and Understand. finding parking and this, things like this. And get, kudos to City of Concord. I, I'm not sure who the independent builder was that you had to build the parking deck, but they actually had it done yeah. in time, which is Ready kind of roll. amazing. Yeah, because, you know, usually Concord, I mean, we, we kind of railed on the last time, or I, I railed for almost six months straight that uh, Con, <laughs> Concord was, you know, took all, it only took like two and a half years for them to, you know, to officially tear up and then put Restrifer Road. So, right. <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think I was like episode six. Yeah. You know, here, yeah, you know, so they finally finished it up, but um, yeah, so they had the parking deck done for this thing. Yeah, um, just you know, pretty cool event for the downtown yeah, Concord. No area. doubt. So yeah, good job. Uh, we had uh, our DCBC meeting last night. So uh, that's if you're not in the know, our downtown cigar and bourbon club was last night. We uh, have guys come over. We it's, kind of, it's kind of like the Illuminati. It is. You have to have you have to knock a certain way, a handshake. handshake. And then pick your nose and eat it, or something uh, like that. Uh, I, well, I, I guess that's why I don't have the shirt. I that, that's, yeah. that's probably why. Uh, no, and it's just a great time where we have some guys come over. We smoke cigars. We have some bourbon. Just taste and see and see different ones that we like. And I figured out out of our 100 episodes what I need to do to get you to show up to anything. If we ever have an event, if we have... You're talking about me? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So if we ever have to have an event or I need you to be at the studio at a certain time, all I need to do at this point is just text you, my wife has Nanner pudding here. Oh, that's 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 a dead giveaway. I, I feel like if I, could, if I could make those into treats, those would literally be your Scooby Snacks. <sighs> if, if, if that banana pudding was a Chick-fil-A sauce, uh-huh. oh man, that would be heaven. You, uh, you, I said, Hey, the, the wife is bringing, is making banana pudding. Leon requested it, but it, you know, you, got I, I was cake. kind of a little, I was kind of a little, a, a little disappointed because oh, no. usually she makes my own, you know, separate casserole sure. dish. Yeah. But she didn't do it this time, which is, I, I understand. You don't want to show favoritism in front of everybody. I mean, right. I got you that. And here's, here's the, just between you and me, I actually set you some aside, but Leon came and he ate everybody's portion. And the ah. stuff that I left over for the side was actually Jessica took that. I didn't even Leon. get it. Leon. I didn't get any banana pudding. You didn't my, get any. Oh, my own wife. Maybe Leon was doing their... Maybe Leon was doing research for that cigar, banana pudding cigar. See, we asked him that. He yeah. kind of just like played it off. I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But then, did you notice though? At the end, he was kind of dipping his cigar in the banana yeah. pudding. Yeah, I think he's. I think, I think he. What's up? Yeah, I'm dude, telling you right now, a banana up. pudding cigar, <laughs> dude. A banana pudding, anything. I'll be that honest, does, that if that does not just ring true to every Southerner's heart. <laughs> Black, white, Hispanic, Chinese, whatever. If you're in the below the Mason Dixon line and you're born in the South, yeah. banana pudding cigar. Mm. That's that. That's just about as good as cornbread, 
country ham, oh, sausage yeah. gravy, hey, shrimp and grits, oh, grits, red eye gravy. Keep in mind, liver mush if you live in North Carolina. I mean, come on. These are great items. Krispy Kreme donuts. That's a great Southern treat. Come on. Keep in mind, uh, Marty and Brandon have not ate at all today. And it's like nine o'clock at night when we're recording this. So that's why he keeps talking about food. <laughs> that's kind of true. What, what time does little Richard or little uh, I don't Roberts? Think it does, buddy. Oh, Their kitchen closes at 10. No, we got to wrap this thing we're up. At, we're SOL. <laughs> yeah. But there is a thing called the Waffle House. There yeah, is the awful true. waffle. Um, all right. So we're going to go into our wacky news brought to you by Webmerized. If you need a clean, crisp website, go check out our friends at Webmerized.com. That is Webmerized.com. All right. So. I can't talk wacky news without talking about the wackiest man that's ever walked the face of this earth. One of them being Mr. Uh, Tim Conway. He just recently passed this week. Guys, thoughts. My heart goes out to uh, just those wonderful memories that he, he oh, gave us. My childhood is filled with, you know, the Carol Burnett show yeah. was on in my house every week. <laughs> and, um, you know, th- that dude... It was my memories are him and Harvey Corman. Yep. And Harvey Corman was like the worst straight man in the history of straight men. <laughs> but it made it so much better because sure. you know, Tim would do something and Harvey's like chewing the inside of his face off right. trying not to laugh yeah. at it. Right. So he could do his part. Um that those were just amazing childhood memories. I mean watching it with my dad. Uh that was that was awesome. I mean, you know, and it was so Family friendly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you you could pull that up today and watch it with your five year old, and you yeah. wouldn't have any qualms about it whatsoever. Yeah. And then he went on to what Dorf on golf. Yeah, that was my favorite. That was my favorite. That was my favorite. So, yeah, I, 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 you know, I felt. I know he. Uh, I will say this. <clears throat> the from what I understand, the man had been suffering a good bit the last mm. couple of years of his life. It had not been a, you know. Uh, good time. So uh, I'm I'm glad that he's at peace. Right. Glad he's not suffering anymore. I'm sorry his spark's gone out of this world. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to play a clip. Uh, this is uh, Tim Conway playing the dentist with uh, Harvey Corman. And um, just to get some reaction on this one. Okay, Novocaine. Here we are, Novocaine. Take a firm hold of the hypodermic needle. Right. <laughs> He sticks himself in the hand. There'll be a little bit of pain, and then numbness will set in. <laughs> look at look at Harvey Corbin. You know you're funny when you can make another comedian laugh. Sure. Yeah, mid-stride there. I mean, yeah. And we're going to have this on our, our show notes so you guys can take a look. But... Uh, I'll just give you a little, uh, little shot here. <laughs> now he sticks himself in the leg. Ha, ha, ha. 
we, you know, we rarely see comedy like this anymore. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. It's, uh, this is not offensive to anyone. <laughs> well, physical comedy takes such a commitment. I mean, you it does. Guys are, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, look, at, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Guys, oh, this is so funny. You know, phys- physical comedy, like like you said, physical comedy is kind of a dying art. Yeah. And, you know, now it's just however edgy you can be, however, whatever political scheme that you or tribe that you prescribe to. I think that's that. But, man, just the expressions and the comedy acting, man, phenomenal. I think of Don Knotts, you oh. know, like just again. Well, Carol Burnett, Lucille Ball. Yeah. I mean, these are the people that were probably masters of the, their craft. I mean, uh, even Johnny Carson. I mean, the guy was phenomenal during his little skits. Uh, you know, yeah. Tim Conway, 100 times better than Johnny Carson, but, sure. you know, is still there. Well, Johnny connected with an audience. Mm. Like he could. At a certain time yeah. segment, too. Yeah. yeah. And he just, he was, you know, the. The voice of he was the voice of late night for thirty five forty years. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah. uh, he also changed the shape of how people watch TV. Oh, how, yeah. how many people would go? You know, once you know news and stuff like that start. You know, ending at you know the ten o'clock news end at eleven. Yep. How many people would just hang it up and be like, you know what? I'm going to bed. How many people would actually step till twelve, twelve thirty? I mean, I wonder how many, how oh. how many unproductive employees he caused over thirty five years. <laughs> oh, and think about the comedy legends that he kind of brought to the forefront. I mean, the people that were appeared on Johnny's show: Carlin, Kennison, Dangerfield. I agree. Yeah, Pryor. I mean, these guys, Tim Conway. Tim, Tim Conway was on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bajillion times out of thirty five years. And I mean, that's just you know, Jonathan Winters, Robin Williams. Yeah. So we just want to give a shout out to to Tim Conway, and again, the the comedy that he brought to the world is um, unmatched. So, shout out to you. Any uh, favorite movies you had by him? Uh, TV I, shows. For me, it was Dorf. It just Dorf was always the funniest. He, uh, uh, I don't. Could you do that in twenty nineteen? Right probably now? not. Probably not. I think you would probably hurt the feelings of some little people if you did that in twenty nineteen. You yeah. probably would. It was classic. And the old man, remember the, the old man? He always oh, played the old man and shuffled around. Yeah, Phenomenal, yeah. That was awesome. So, All right, well, rest in peace, buddy. Yeah. Your comedy will live on. That's the good thing about it. Yeah. Speaking of comedy, yeah. uh, wacky news out of Florida. Okay, come on. Um, we had a guy this week called 911 from a comedy show. <laughs> um, oh, no. Middle Eastern comic named Ahmed Ahmed. Ahmed Ahmed. Um, was doing a show, and uh, he during the course of his act, he... Ask, are there any Middle Easterners in the audience? Mm. And a handful of people, you know, holler. You said, yeah, me, or raise our hand. And he goes, oh, that's cool. We all know it only takes one of us to tell a joke. Mm. And some dude was either so offended by that joke or so scared by that joke, he called 911. I've I've listened to the 911. I think it was he was offended. Really? Mm. I I mean, for my personal bias, I think that the guy was actually offended like he was – Trying to entrap other Middle Easterners. Mm. 
Wow. Goodness. So was it a... Did you, have you listened to the I haven't listened to the one call. I've seen the interview with the comic and the uh, owner of the comedy yeah. club. If you listen to the 911 call, um, the person who... The patron of the comedy club who, I guess, saw this guy. I mean, number one, the guy's name, Ahmed Ahmed. You kind of know what, what you're getting into when you yeah. get to see him. It's not, yeah. like, it's not like his name's John Smith or Robert, Her- mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's not a common name, I guess, right. Ahmed. Um, it's like if you went to go see Ralphie, rest in peace, and you were offended that you told a fat joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no, much, doubt, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. I mean, um, so yeah, yeah, if you listen to the caller in the nine one one tapes, anyone who looks us up, just you know, Google the nine one one comedy club tape or whatever. I think it's out there. I mean, the the nine one one call I mean, it's lengthy, and the nine one one callers, you can tell that she's kind of like, why the hell are you calling? Mm. I mean, it is just yeah. it's listen, al- almost brutal. Remember, to. we still live in a society where people will call because Burger King won't make it their way. Mm. So they'll call 911 because they, they got pickles on their hamburger. Now, I have a question. Was the gentleman who called also also of Middle Eastern descent? No, he was probably a older white man. Oh. Played by Tim Conway. <laughs> I, actually, I... I I can so, I can make my assumptions by the own boy you know by mm. the voice. He's probably some he's probably some older white guy who um never amounted to be anything in his life, who probably drives who probably drives a like a hybrid vehicle, you know. Well, I, yeah, he's liberal arts confident. Yeah. I love how you can detect that from the sound of his voice. But hold on, you can do that. You can actually look at shoes, used shoes and like you know, fantasize or not or not fantasize, but you make a story up in your head about the person right. who had the shoes. That may or may not be actual and, and legitimate, but hey, whatever. Um, so he was the guy that called nine one one was offended on behalf of the people. In he, there he was offended on behalf of no one. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe he just heard something and saw something and said something. So there's that. Maybe uh, maybe he was actually scared. Maybe that, that guy that comic was triggering somebody to actually do something. Maybe this guy was just a stupid moron. I'm just going to throw that out there. All right. All right. I'm good with that. Do you know it takes a customer three seconds to decide whether to stay or leave your website? That's why a crisp, clean, and user-friendly website is one of the best ways to market and help and grow your business. At Webmerize Web Design, we offer that and much more. They pride themselves in offering their clients professional websites at affordable prices. Are you a small business? No problem. We can cater to small businesses by working with their clients every step of the way to meet their needs and expectations. Their number one goal is to partner with their clients to help and grow their business with a successful website. They work for every client, no matter the size. So if you'd like a great website, go to webmerize.com, W-E-B-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D.com, or you could check out their link on the sponsors link of our website. If you mention the word biggin, you'll get 10% off your website design order. Again, webmerize.com. Check them out. So, um, hey, if you decide you are going to head to the beaches on Memorial Day weekend around North Carolina, you, know, you may have second thoughts after after hearing this. Um, a great white shark weighing 2,000 
137 pounds headed toward the Outer Banks, researchers say. There is a great white shark heading toward the North Carolina Outer Banks named Luna. That doesn't sound so scary now, does it? Come here, Luna. Come here. Come here, girl. Uh, it pinged in off the uh, coast of the North Carolinas, according to the Facebook post for the International Great White Shark Institute called OSEARCH. That sounds fantastic. Mm, fancy. Um, it uh, is popped up around the what they call the Charleston Bump. It's a deep water feature, 80 to 100 miles southeast of Charleston. Whenever the the tag comes up above water, it shoots a signal to the satellites, and then it bounces back to show where the Great Whites are. Mm. Hey, buddy, you're over there in North Carolina. Here's my only desperation question question here. How did how did they get the 2137? Like how? I mean, how do you oh, yeah. weigh a, a great white shark? That's a good question, and I think the article addresses that. He checked in last week at at the Weight Watchers, mm. and there's hey, Luna, how many you, points do you get in a day? Yeah, for twenty one thirty seven. He's not on the keto diet. We know that. So, actually, I think actually, he might. Probably I actually, think y'all I'm pretty sure he's on protein. all protein diet. <laughs> <laughs> he's, on, he's on the Jordan Peterson uh, carnivore diet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just Definitely be careful. Seaweed. He thought he wanted to kelp. No, diet. he ain't eating that plankton. Hey, yeah, I've seen Jaws before. They There's actually a video of them tagging that shark online. If you look for it, mm. um, tagging like actually like like tag the, tag. The, well, oh, the wow. tag that they <laughs> use to it. track it. So they they've got it up on a like the backside of a ship where they pulled it in and they've tagged it with whatever that would be transponder they use ever. or whatever. Mm. Um, so there's, that's probably where they at least got an idea of how much it weighs sure. is when they were doing that. But that is a, that thing's the size of a Volkswagen. It's massive. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a ton. Yeah. Imagine, I mean, that's a big one. That's 10 of me. <laughs> Where's the shark killers that are for me. <laughs> uh, we're going to need a bigger boat guys. Yeah. Um, all right. Speaking of a bigger boat, uh, John Daly, uh, he has um, decided that he still wants to play in the PGA, but he's he had a knee surgery this past week, and mm. now he's going to take a cart on the PGA Tour coming up this week in New York. Tiger, they interviewed Tiger, and they said, well, what do you think about Daly uh, taking a cart? And he said, well, I'm not going to say anything, but I, I did 18 holes with a broken leg. But, you know, if he needs a cart, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice tiger move there. Tiger uh, uh tiger's jacked. I mean, he the guy's what 40 years old? Oh yeah, 43. 43 but and he is jacked. I mean, he's 27 with a hat on, takes the hat off. He's uh, like 97. Yeah. He's, no, Tim, he's Tim Conway. <laughs> so, <laughs> Shuffles without the hat. But no, I mean, dude's like 43, he's ripped. I mean, he's eating like protein bars and Gatorade and electrolytes every, between every hole. I mean, come on, sure, you can walk Tiger. Yeah, but that dude's got no, like, this is a Tiger. Like, this is like, John Daly. Yeah, but Tiger's got like seven Burberry fused together. I know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but if if, if I had to go down, careful. Uh, if I had to go down a dark alley, I'd still choose uh, Tiger Woods as my my sparring buddy versus John Daly. Oh. Listen, John Daly is halfway not with us most of the time. If you understand, I think John Daly's the kind of guy that would spit bourbon in your face and then throw a cigarette at you. I, I would love to have. <laughs> I would love to have John Daly on the show. I'd love to have a drink with the guy. You know, he he once said, you well, know, he'll, that, he'll he'll take a drink with you and seven more. <laughs> you know, John Daly, that old that old country song, "All My Exes Live in Texas." Well, John Daly says all his exes wear Rolexes. Mm, yeah. True that. Uh, I forgot where it was, but he was, I think it was at the uh, P. 
PGA the at the uh, what was the last Masters. The, the Masters where he would just uh, go to a bar charge one hundred and twenty five dollars for a signature and just sit there at the Hooters and just like sign you know sign things and just drink the whole time. So how about you? I mean that's not that's, a bad way to make game, a living. That's game. I mean. Yeah, he's a he's an interesting in, individual. Oh, I agree, no I mean, doubt. You know, there and the he's got arthritis in his knee, and I get sure. it. I mean, I wouldn't want to walk around Bethpage Black with arthritis in my knee either. If somebody let me ride a cart, I'd right? Do it. But you know what though? There's only a few. There's a small, you know, small few uh, golfers that could actually pull a mullet off still. And no, he that's is, true. He's he's one of them. Have you seen the pants that dude wears? Uh, phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, somebody's paying him to wear that. I can't, that is I the cannot, only possible. Issue. I cannot remember the name brand of those pants, but he he reps them well. Yeah. All right, so we are going to go into our hot topics, brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you want a great cigar at a reasonable price, check out Watchman Cigars, WatchmanCigars.com. I don't even know if that's a real thing, but Leon, go ahead and get your website updated because I'm tired of saying the other. By thing. the way, uh, last night at the DCBC, uh, yeah. if you're ever in downtown Concord, you can send a uh, email to that address at Gmail. Uh, Watchman Cigars 1911 at Yahoo. Well, what about ours? Um, at our email at yes. sfpradio at gmail.com. So sfpradio at gmail.com. If you're ever in the Concord area, you want to come hang out on one, you know, Monday night or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just email us and we'll, you know, we'll do a little background check on you. Uh, You'll have to understand how to do the handshake. Yeah. The high five and pick your nose and eat it. And ancestry.com check. <laughs> well, well, actually, we just call, you know, the FBI or, or uh, ask Alexa. You know, <laughs> they'll give us your opinion. But, you know, we'd love to have you. Yeah. Um, if you're ever around about, just give us, a, uh, give us a shout out on the email anyway. So we're at the DCBC. Yeah. Uh, it was, it, it, Leon was there. He had uh, good cigars. And so we, we partook of the, I had the cognac. I had the cognac also. That's the uh, signature blend. If you, yeah. know the, if you go on his uh or email him asking for the signature blend. Now remember from last time he he put him in a tube uh, mm-hmm. versus the cellophane, and that right. helped marinate the flavors, which mm-hmm. it it definitely intensify and intensify the flavor. It was, a, it was a good cigar. So is he going to continue the tubes? Or I think so. He's going to tube it up. So tube how about up. you? All right. So here's our hot topics, and of course we have to do our disclaimer. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show. But they should be. All right. So you wanted to talk about the Colorado shooter? I'm asking my, my curious. Actually, I'm just, it was kind of more of a question. Okay. Um, why are we actually talking about the Colorado shooter? I didn't even know there was another one. Exactly. See, mm. you know, we've heard Parkland. We've heard about the UNCC uh, shooter. We've heard about. <clears throat> that guy kind of disappeared pretty quick, too. Which one? The UNCC? The UNCC. No, I, Other I than the fact that. that we live here. Yeah. I mean, he kind of disappeared from national yeah, yeah. narrative really, really But, quickly. I mean, how many school shootings? Usually that is the news narrative for right. a month. That is true. The Colorado shooting, we have not heard anything about it. Mm. I just, I, I've had my own theories, but. but yes. As, as the, and it, yep. It's not. I don't think it's ten hat, ten four hat theories, but I, I do have my own theories. So okay. What, what do you What do you say, Marty? Well, I mean, based on the limited exposure that these two shooters have had, as what their ideology is, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to fall into a convenient 
hmm. narrative that can be used to push a certain political agenda so it's not useful to anybody. So it's hmm. it's in the dustbin. Well, I also think that these school shooters obtained guns illegally, not versus legally. Um, I also think that um, one of the shooters, actually both shooters, but primarily one shooter checks two of the Identity Olympics checkboxes for the application to the Identity Olympics. And the other one checks a couple, or probably at least one. So I, I think this probably definitely doesn't fit the narrative. Um, you, did, you definitely didn't see any mass tweets by uh, Pelosi, Maxine Waters, um you know, yeah, at least not from AOC. Yeah, total crickets. Yeah, ninety-seven of that one hundred and one mm. uh, Democrat presidential candidate. So it's just kind of it's just kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I just don't understand it. It's kind of crazy how we heard more about the um, Unibom- the the pipe bomber, the package bomber, whatever it was, the guy that the guy down in Florida with all the Trump stuff. On yeah, his head. yeah, yeah. You, we heard a lot mm-hmm. of yeah. that went away quick too, though. I mean, that lasted for no, like forty eight seventy two hours. But yeah, but he it, it occasionally pops up. The only thing that I've heard about the Colorado shooting was um, the attorneys for one of the guys made sure that um, they. The, the media and whoever reported this individual as a male that that, that and also not the dead name um, right and everything's been sealed mm, like everything's, everything's been sealed. sealed you can't you can't like freedom of information is yeah. the only way you're getting anything and that's probably going to be after the trial and it, yeah exactly but you know that you also the, the attorney has uh, made mention that um, anyone who dead names one of the shooting suspects that you will be sued. In civil court, so that can sounds you, entertaining to me. I'm can, just saying. Can you go over what does that mean to dead, dead name? name. Uh, if you, for example, if um, you decided to transition from a male to female, okay, okay, and um, you decide your name is going to be Kendall okay. as your as your transition you know, into a female female name. So your name is your name okay. is JT, right? You transition to Kendall. So if all of a sudden I I only wanted to refer to you as JT versus Kendall. Mm-hmm. Then that would be dead naming you. Oh, okay. It's just like I, I, I just can't, using your previous it's, name. It's I cannot, basically transphobic is how yeah, they. I, I say can't. It. I can't. I can no longer refer to Bruce Jenner as Bruce Jenner. Okay. I have to refer to Bruce as Caitlin. Could you say the person formerly known as Bruce Jenner? No, you're not even supposed to refer to that person. Okay, so it's, own, it's dead. 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 Name. Got it. Okay. For example, I cannot say Bruce Jenner won. X amount of awards in the Olympics. I have oh. to say, Caitlyn Jenner won X amount of male awards at the Olympics. Gotcha. And, and just for the, I'm not trying to be funny. I just no, didn't no, no, know. No, no, like no, I was no, just, no. just trying to understand. And to be honest with you, this is actually something fairly, fairly new. New, yeah, it's new. Last recent. what nine to twelve months? This is really exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it's hard. To be honest, with you, it's hard. It's hard to keep up on yeah. what is offensive. I yeah. mean, honestly, and, I mean, Twitter banned a few people last what, four or five months ago for dead naming. Straight if dead you name. were if you were dead naming people intentionally, they were they were yeah. shutting you down. Yeah. Wow, exactly. Speaking of dead naming, what about um, the Chicago Cubs dead naming this white power symbol? I don't even know what's going on on this thing. So, did you ever play that in school? I don't even okay. So, uh, simple context. Sorry, Doug Glanville is a a commentator for the uh, uh, for one of the sports Chicago Cubs. Uh, Probably WGN, if I had to guess. So anyway, Doug Glanville is reporting from the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Um, 
uh, you know, probably what I guess probably off the first baseline uh, reporting um, current Cubs, you know, score, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, okay. a Chicago Cup fan in the background uh, presents an upside down uh, the OK sign. Okay. So upside down. The OK, like OK sign, but you're doing it upside yeah, down. Yeah. You know, with, you got the index of thumb pressed together. Okay. So obviously it makes it creates like, a circle. Yay, good and then for you me. got your three fingers, you but know, hanging you, up. You hang it upside down. Okay. Okay. Um, so that was. I uh, thought that was on down with OPP. <laughs> Sorry. So the Cubs decide to ban this fan for life. This fan can no longer come back to Wrigley Stadium uh, to watch another uh, Cubs game live. Is that, and, and because it's a white power symbol, is that, I don't even know what that means. Well, number one, um, could it possibly be a white power symbol? I guess I don't. I, I don't. There's actually um, white. The whole white power symbol. It was a. Um, I, there's a there's a website, and um, I can't. I, I want to say it's Reddit, but it's not. It's one of the other. You know where people just post sure. stuff constantly, and somebody as a prank. I uh, said, when you take the OK symbol, mm-hmm. the three fingers form a W, the circle and the four in here form a P, and it's short for white power. Oh, so, but I can see that now. But it's been but debunked also, as but, somebody just playing a prank. That's, that's upright. If you do it upside down. But see, also, I just want to. I just want to make just as a caveat. Reddit and 4chan have been P-W. known to troll. The whole internet. Oh, you know, absolutely. For example, and it was 4chan. You, it was a 4chan yeah, channel. If you remember correctly, the whole women's uh, right to bleed uh, movement came from 4chan, where women were just shout out their time of the month, and they could wear no feminine hygiene products and just bleed themselves. Yeah. That actually came from 4chan also. And there's actually, it was it's actually a, a troll. It was a troll who started that. So it's, it's how quickly these things start, start over. So anyway... Back in school, there was a little game called, you know, uh, look at this game. Careful. Yeah. And you would hold the upside down okay, like on your leg or part of the body or shoulder or whatever. Yeah. And if, yeah. You, no, if, you, looked at, if you looked at the in, at the circle, yeah, you you had, the other person could punch you. Yeah. No, I've played that one before. It is. I mean, this is pretty well known. Unless you are in some you know, distant <laughs> tribe in Sudan, you may not know, know about this game. Can, can, can now... If the Cubs fan has said, "Hey, I just got all y'all," can he punch everybody in Chicago now? Because that's so. I by mean, the ten te- rules, technically, this guy has been shorted. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> he apparently owes the Cubs, everybody a punch. The, the Cubs punched him. Because <laughs> sure. judging by the seats he had, I mean, those he aren't cheap seats. No, I mean, he's in no. like the front row, just to the right of the dugout. I mean, you—that is not cheap so in I, Chicago. Exactly. I'm just saying, Chicago. You know, one of the, in the top five. I mean, they're yeah. in the top five. I'm not yeah. saying they're top, but they're in the top five murder capital of the country. And they're worried about some guy throwing down a look at this sign. But can I also say, because you guys can't see me at home, I've spent the last 20 minutes try, trying to do it upside down. And it makes an, an MMD. So if because you're WP, I, I, I could see that. Yeah. But if you do it upside down, it's like a W or a DM. World peace, baby. I mean, y'all. Oh yeah, I, dude. I, I look. I don't understand this. I, that. That makes sense, y'all. We we are so scared. That's uh, we're trying to make well, something up. It's just everybody is so sensitive. Yeah. No, I'll give you that. I mean, it is. It's really, really bad. I mean, it's like you know, take some Tylenol and sleep it off.
If you are in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full, spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or email Leon directly at Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com. That's Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com or check out the sponsors section of our website. Speaking of being oversensitive, let's talk about this week in AOC. Y'all. Well, uh, I mean, it was a joke, right? Well, I guess so. I mean, you know, she uh, she referred to, uh, I guess, uh, conservatives or right wing people taking all her stuff as literal. So this is where I'm confused. If we, if we run with AOC's logic. Um, so, you know, when she tweets or gives into conversations, we only have 12 years to live. Mm-hmm. And then she says that's not literal. You know, you can't fact check that. That's not serious. <laughs> right. Um. What, I mean, what are we supposed to take as serious? I mean, she's made several new blasting comments this week, and you're like, okay, are you serious or are you joking? We're not exactly sure. Which yeah. one are you doing? I consider her parody. Everything that comes out of her mouth, I just look at it and go, that's on the level of parody. But you, you have to say, you, you, like, if you're going to tweet something, you got to say, like, this is either a joke or not a joke. Or, like, you can't just come back and be like, oh, psych, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Like y'all. I tell you what, just put in parentheses, S-I, well, sarcasm intended, and then we uh, understand. Maybe that's what we need to do. Yeah. Like society-wise, like this isn't real. This is a joke. We'll create an upside-down okay symbol emoji. Okay. <laughs> and that means it's okay to be sarcastic. And everybody that reads that tweet gets a punch in the face. They've already got oh. an emoji for most of the stuff she says. What's that? The turd button? <laughs> I thought it was chocolate ice cream. You know, it really, I, I thought it, was, it, it did look like a chocolate frosty at first with eyes staring at you. Originally, it was the chocolate frosty. And then they were like, it was chocolate ice cream. And then they're like, well, it looks actually more like poop. Which, by the way, uh, for our listeners at home, if you have a poop that looks like that emoji, you need to go see your doctor yeah. immediately because yeah. that's not normal. That's right. So there's that. All right, guys. We of course, are... I'm crapping through a screen door, so I can't tell you. Are you really? Not really. Man. That's that's kind of gross. All right, guys. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we have with us special guest Vince Coakley. He's a radio talk show host, and we're going to talk a great discussion. Who knows where it's going to lead? All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, 
Hey, everybody. Producer Brian here. There were some technical difficulties when recording the first part of Vince's interview. Uh, so there's about an eight-minute stretch here uh, where the audio wasn't going through our nice studio mics. So if you'll just bear with us for about the first eight minutes, it does get better, but it is worth listening to. So uh, sorry for the inconvenience, but stay tuned. Thanks. All right, guys, we are back. You are listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, and we are very excited to have Vince Coakley. Vince is a radio talk show host on WBT on weekdays from 10 to 12. He also attended EKU, home of uh, Eastern Kentucky University, where my home state is, which I am now officially claiming. He was a news reporter. Uh, he started as a weekend anchor, the weekday anchor, and then he got called up to the majors as the lead anchor at W. SOC TV. He was the lead anchor for 18 years, and then he decided he was going to move to the radio world. In 2014, he ran as a candidate for the North Carolina 12th Congressional District. Uh, he has now has his radio show, um, and specifically on 106.3 The Word in Greenville, South Carolina, where uh, he does a radio show and he preaches the gospel. So uh, welcome to the show, Vince. We are so glad that you are here. Thank you for coming. All of those, if I ever develop a, 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 a movie, I definitely want Vince to do the voiceover oh, yeah. or, tell, or a successful YouTube series or whatever. Yeah, obviously, he's got the he's got that golden voice. So, how did it start for you? How did you say I I love broadcasting, I love television, and that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. My mom dropped me on my head. <laughs> oh, nice. So it. Honestly, um, <laughs> on my head. so bad. I was such a super geek as a young kid. Um, I think the earliest memories go back to, I guess, late seventies. Yeah, somewhere around late seventies. My sister went away to college. Interestingly enough, she went to University of Kentucky. There you go. And uh, little did we know we would be moving to Kentucky one day. <laughs> But what ended up happening is I was just, this news thing kind of grabbed me. And so I, when my sister went away to college, I turned her, her bedroom into a TV studio. Oh, wow. First thing I did is I started doing weather. I, I taped together this map of Indiana. Oh, wow. Uh, we lived in Indianapolis at the time. Sure. And what I did is I used scotch tape. And put it on all the cities, and I listened to my weather radio, so I got the current temperature, so I did forecast. Oh, wow. You know, and here I am, you know, standing in front of... What I did, I mean, this, you talk, I'm a super geek. I know, I'm really loving bad. this. This is great. So here I had the closet door with a map of Indiana, and then I had something that had current conditions on it. So I would slide this closet door... Oh, wow. That was how I changed from one thing to the other and then go into the forecast and everything. So I did the weather and then I started doing news. I sat in front of a mirror. You know, I had a chair and this station. I really I thought it was really cool the way that they did their newscast. Mm -hmm. It was News Center 13 Indianapolis. So what they did, uh, this was kind of innovative, this eyewitness news thing at the time, because they all started you know, in the back by the weather board together. Oh, music yeah. comes in, and then they walk. They walk the two out. anchors walk out, <laughs> and they sit on these stools. It was, I thought it was really cool. Sure. Then when they had a reporter who was doing a story, they walked over 
in the studio. It was a newsroom, combination newsroom studio. So yeah. I walked over to the person's desk and they sat on the person's desk. Yeah. And and tossed. I just thought that whole setup was so cool. So that <laughs> that was somehow I got interested, and that was that was the beginning of the madness for me. So wow, that setup was ahead of its time. Okay. Yes, that's what the cable news is doing now. When you look at it, you have a wolf on CNN. He walks yes. from room to room talking to different people. So yes. those guys are 40 years ahead of their time. Yes. And, you know, it, it'd be great, honestly, to do more, to see more of that. I mean, I, uh, I, one of the things about me that you'll learn if you spend any time around me, I am hyperactive. I hate sitting down. Okay. I hate sitting still, which is one of the reasons why I'm not behind the anchor desk anymore. Okay. In fact, I had a radio consultant look at my tape one time and he said, Vince, you look like you're ready to jump out of that chair. <laughs> and I said, there's a very good reason for that because I am. Oh, wow. Jump out of that chair. <laughs> the, but now they're standing up kind of having, they don't go as, as you know, the walk different sections, but they do stand up a little bit more. Is that right. a little bit better? Well, we can, I that. guess. Yeah. 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 And, and honestly, I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that kind of setting. I'd want to do something different because, you know, one of the things that this whole business, it doesn't do much that's innovative. Everybody has to do the same crap. Yeah. Why didn't somebody do something different? Yeah. Rather sure. than follow the same boring format and the same kinds of guests and the same, I just turn it all off. Sure. But that's if, me. If you could design your own news station, where would you start? How would you do it? Well, the first thing I would do would be, um, I think you have to address content. Mm. That would be one of the most important things to do. Don't copy what everybody else does. If you're so predictable that everybody's going to air the same thing at the same time, yeah. why don't you just shut down? Sure. I mean, one of, one of my frustrations when I watch the networks cover these stories and yeah, especially, and I get it. When you got a big event that's going on, everybody wants to go, everybody wants their mic flag, and why don't you go do something nobody else is doing? Mm -hmm. And it always bothers me that that everybody just follows the herd. And you know what I'm saying? You mean in America, people will follow the herd? No, you got to kidding me. Is that get me started? We're not Lennox. Yeah, <laughs> just do just show some originality. You know, sure. something that's totally off the wall, and uh, just don't be so darn predictable. Mm -hmm. And when I see the, you know, and I'll give you an example. I mean, you didn't ask me about this. No, I'm, I'm going to tell you anyway. Do it. And I talked about this on my radio program. I, I think there was some sort of terrorist attack like six weeks ago. It was on a Sunday morning. And I thought, wow, it's pretty interesting. So I go downstairs and making my breakfast. Like, oh, I wonder what cable networks are doing on this story. Mm -hmm. I can't find it. All they're talking about is stupid Donald Trump stories. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, talking about the Mueller investigation, this Mueller. You know, you get one form of propaganda out of Fox News, another form of propaganda out of CNN. Yeah. And you know where I went to get the news on what was going on in the rest of the world? BBC. You're absolutely yeah. right. BBC. Yeah. And I kept it on that station the entire morning. Because I didn't want to see all the garbage. I'm tired of recycling the same crap over and over again. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, people who listen to my radio program, they know where I am on this. You know, I consider myself a conservative. Uh, I don't follow people. I don't follow personalities. And if you're part of a cult, especially a personality cult, you're going to see me run the other direction. Yeah. I mean, unless unless it's Jesus Christ there, <laughs> you 
you're not going to see me jump on anybody's bandwagon or drink anybody's Kool-Aid. And when I see people behave like that, whatever it is, pro or con, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm contrary. I will stir up the pot and I will say inflammatory things just to, you know, just to stir it up. You just like to, to watch it. Oh, yes. <laughs> when, when it's stirred up, I don't like just watching just predictable stuff. Yeah. You don't like the churn. You like the burn, basically. Ooh, I like that. So it's like you, every day Fox and CNN and MSNBC, they're just churning the waters for their exactly. people. Exactly. People are going to tune in them every day anyway. Yes. But every now and then, somebody just sets it on fire, and there's something fun about that. Yeah. It's entertaining to watch people burn their own ideology down. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I almost wish... You know, I wish there were an ideology. I don't even see much ideology. Mm. All I see is just a bunch of lemmings mm. following, you know, their their cult. You know, what is the ideology what is, now is us and them. Yes. Whatever us and them is, it doesn't really matter. Right. And it could change day to day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. And and I it, it amazes me how quickly somebody can fall out of favor just mm. for being on the wrong side of the wrong of the right person of the hour. Oh, yeah. Or the wrong side of the wrong Twitter feed. <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we even talked about today, like before we started, was just the, the whole abortion thing. And and you mentioned like you're either for or against. There's and and you're at a two hundred. There's no one to ten. It's your you're just everybody's on a two hundred. Yeah. Nobody has a, a, a medium ground anymore. Well, that goes back to the, the philosophy of the Overton window, where you have there's a certain parameter where the right and left can meet in the middle and discuss things, that you know, we can find some common ground, we can discuss things amicably, but anytime you fall outside that Overton window now, you, it, chaos ensues. Now, abortion used to be something that we could pretty much have a conversation about. You know, we can, you could find some common ground, give and take a little bit, um, you know, some people, uh, my ideology would probably not favor that, but, um, Abortion has now fallen out of the Overton window since, since you know, politics pushed so far, uh, so far right and so far left. I mean, we, we, Overton, Overton window is now kind of starting to narrow a little bit. I hit that, did that stupid thing again where I hit the wrong input. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's fine. I'm going to work right. on that. All right. So, sorry, you're good. No, I, 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 I yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I think um, conversations now have, um, I, I, the Democrat Party is a great example of this. Now, we we now have what two hundred and seventy eight people running. I think on the Democrat <laughs> ticket now, and uh, what th- things that candidates that fit the ideology of the left in two thousand sixteen are now not fitting. Now we have this identity poli- mm. uh, identity Olympics now that mm. um, things that were you know things that were great in two thousand sixteen are now so passe. And we got to push the envelope. Did you notice? And I just saw this today when I was working out. Um, did you notice that? Uh, I think I believe Kamala Harris is coming out against uh, the crime bill because of Biden. Mm. And uh, CNN was airing something. It was at the ticker at the bottom, and it said how how the Democratic Party's views have evolved since ninety six. Yeah. And and I thought it was interesting because I said, you know, if if a if it had been on the other side, it would have said, oh look at look at the flip flop, and they can't make up their mm-hmm. minds. But it's it's changed. It's, yeah. you know, it's like whoever if it's somebody that people agree with quote unquote they're allowed to evolve in their thinking and grow and learn but if it's somebody we disagree with well you can't make up your mind 
they've either flip flopped or they've gone to the extreme the other way. They've you know they've moved to extremist yeah. views. And I would love to have been a reporter there and ask Kamala Harris how many people she prosecuted under that crime bill when she was a di- district attorney. Yeah. But of course they're carrying her water, so nobody's going to ask that question. So Vince, how how has things changed since you started? Like just in, in the the whole media, the whole news reporting, like it has got to have been completely different from when you first started. Oh, yeah. Um, And and here's an important distinction to make. The uh, local news is pretty much local news. Mm -hmm. Um, In one sense, that hasn't changed a lot. Um, Local news I've referred to as the tyranny of the urgent. Mm. (laughs) That's really what it is. And, you know, we scare people with, you know, before it was just fires, murders, rapes, that sort of thing. Now, uh, the big thing in recent years has been weather. You know, it's the end of the world. You know, mm. we now we've got these name storms and we hype that up. Uh, on we the we nas- only have 11 years left anyway. So oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, was she joking? Can, can, can I just say right now, if that's the case, uh, Jim Cantori has got his, his bill punched yeah. with all these storms that are going to be coming. He's going to be all over the that's place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's job security. Sure. Isn't it? Yeah. Wonderful. When was the last time he bought a drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, and I think uh, from the standpoint of national news, everything's certainly become a lot more fractured, especially with the cable mm-hmm. networks. I mean, before, I mean, think about it. When I was growing up, you had three main networks. You know, they're they're doing their nightly shows, NBC Nightly News, CBS Evening News, World News Tonight. And now the cable news is kind of in the forefront and they're all they're all opinion based, which, you know, in one sense, there's nothing wrong with that. But. I one of my biggest frustrations is the fact that everything that and, and I thought this when I was there, the news hole is too big. We're at a point of overkill. Mm-hmm. And and if you were to listen to one of the opens for my show, you know, one of the things I, I express a frustration with, uh, well, I'm basically introducing by my show is I'm I'm not. Yes, I, my show is very uh, cerebral. And yet at the same time. One of the problems I think we have in the Western world is we've got way too much information coming Mm. in. And so we think information is learning. We think information is knowledge. And that's not necessarily true. Right. We I remember uh, didn't I hear something? And this is I'm stealing this from somebody else. We know more and more about less and less. (laughs) That's and true. that's and that's really yeah. true. We know a lot of stuff, but we really don't know what we need to know. Yeah, well, we don't know how to, we don't know how to process this information. Yeah, exactly. We, we automatically think we have to have a reaction to that story right away. Yes, and and one of the things that is a concern for me, and this is one of the the points that I've made, is uh, the importance of of relationship and. You know, I'm not going to bore you with all this philosophical stuff. No, I like it. Keep going. Please do. But I went through an experience back in the uh, about 10 years ago. I I came to a place where uh, and this was more of a, a spiritual journey thing for me because I came to a place where I recognized that, uh, you know, and it's not rocket science here, but life is about relationship. And so I view everything through a prism of relationship. Okay. So that has a bearing on everything. So when I talk about politics, 
again, I'm talking about this from a from a paradigm of relationship. When I talk about Christianity and spiritual topics and a paradigm of relationship, mm. you take that away and what you have is confusion and a mess because mm. uh, I think this is really what I think life is all about relationship. Mm. And when relationship is disconnected from all of these areas, these disciplines, even science, uh, all of these things become dangerous. Mm-hmm. All of them sure. become dangerous and they become weaponized. And they, uh, you know, in the process of thinking we're improving and we're becoming better citizens, whatever the reality is, we are emptying ourselves out of vital connection to one another. Yeah. And as a result, um, I think we're. You know, we're going to disintegrate. And it's not just us. I think this is all around the world. But I think it's especially striking in this country now because that's the one we live in. So, Yeah. When you talk about faith and, and Christianity, the whole point of this whole thing was that we're built for community and we're built for one another. And if you even go to the political side, you know, you can have your groups. But if, if there's that much uh, – fraction and breaking up of that community, it just, I mean, that's a breeding ground for contempt, power, anger, frustration, and it just keeps going and going. How many times do we see a storm come in and blow the power out, but then people rally together when they have something to believe in and and connect them. But once you're disconnected, that that's where all that breaks. Then we go back to being normal. And yes, yes. <laughs> and then while you're doing it, because we were in Houston the time when when the hurricane yeah came through, and it was oh this is awful. You know the initial like the power's out. This is awful. And then it's community and everybody's out cooking their food because it's all going to spoil anyway. So hey Joe, come on over and have a barbecue with us. And we had such a good time. Then boom, power comes on. We go back to our homes, go back to our lives, and we forget about Joe down the and street. And the garage door goes down. And the garage door goes down. That fraction, I'm sure you've seen that just through your career in broadcasting, but then on a spiritual level, like we're even seeing that in the churches or that, that fractioning. You sure you want me to go down that road? Yes, sir. Oh my goodness. Look, you may regret coming on here. I'm just saying. I, I probably shouldn't go down that road. Well, and, and, and this is where, um, let me go here because okay. I, you, this is a choose your own adventure. You go wherever oh, you want to go. Good. I think one of the big oh, problems. I like again, the Netflix Bandersnatch, where I can actually choose oh, his adventure for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah, and I think one of the things here, here's one I can stir things up with. Do you remember uh, one of the uh, one of my favorite biblical stories is the time you remember Samuel, who was a prophet. Samuel uh, was extraordinary man, and he was great. Problem is, his sons were all screwed up. Sure. <laughs> so, you know, the children of Israel are like, this ain't going to work. Once you're gone, we're going to need some law and order. We're going to need somebody to uh, kind of mine the store. Right. So we need a king. Yeah. And it, in fact, uh, this is a lead into something really interesting. Several years ago, I had a conversation with a lady who wrote a really good article uh, you know, she was writing an article about Barack Obama and she was talking about that. And that was kind of a springboard of us 
you know, having a conversation. And she made the comment. She said, Vince, this country is reached a point where I don't think it's it is capable of maintaining a republic. This mm-hmm. is a country more akin to having a monarchy. And I remember when she said that, I thought that is silly. That is absolutely. I can remember where I was when I had that conversation. <laughs> I need to call her back and apologize mm. because I think that's exactly what's happening to our country now. But mm. here's where I'm going to get, you know, go from, you know, from offering an opinion into meddling. <laughs> I think our whole culture, we are looking for kings over us. Mm-hmm. And it's not just and, and here's where it gets really nasty, because I think we do the same thing in the church, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, go back to the Obama era, you know, and, and you can probably relate to this uh-huh. because everybody thought everybody who's black is supposed to bow down and worship King Obama. Yep. And a lot of so-called Republicans and conservatives were complaining. They were mocking Barack Obama and everything. And people thought that was racist, which I didn't think it necessarily was. But guess what? What are Republicans doing now with Donald Trump? Mm-hmm. They have put a crown on that man's head and they treat him like royalty. So what we have to understand is we all have an, an illness. We have a sickness mm-hmm. where we want to turn somebody into a king. And yeah. you know where this really gets messy? I think most people learned this in the church because mm-hmm. they do the same thing with their pastors. Oh, yeah. 100%. And so it's very comfortable. Well, that, I was I was gonna you know not to because I'm loving this I'm not trying to take any of your fun you jump right all, in but that was that was exactly why my dad got out of the pulpit because he said you God sat him down and said who ordained you and he goes well I mean I was ordained at 17 but who did it and he goes you know what I'm gonna get out of the pulpit because I wasn't God didn't call me man called me and then even when we moved to Charlotte everybody and their mother kept asking him so you're starting a church right. He goes, no, I'm, I'm, I'm studying for myself. I'm, that's what I'm doing. Mm. He goes, but you're, but you're going to start a church. Like, we want to come to your church. No, I don't. I, I'm not starting a church. Everybody was looking to make him something yes. they want to be. I get it. Yeah, that, that's, I that's get it. Team. I like that. They want to pull you in and they want to venerate somebody. And, and see what it blows up. And this is what I believe in. I believe in that phrase where it talks about a priesthood of believers. Mm. And we still don't know what that is in demonstration. <laughs> sure. Because frankly, I'll just be honest with you. I'm probably, you know, it's bad to say this. I'm probably more cynical than I've ever been about this whole church subject. I don't meet many people who have any interest in being that. They mm-hmm. want to go and they want to hear somebody, you know, it, it, it may as well be a political rally. Uh-huh. They want to hear somebody give some good preaching. And then they don't remember a darn thing yeah. about that sermon an hour later while yeah. they're sitting in the buffet line. Preach. Well, I mean, come on. And you know, they got the feel goods, though. That's, oh, yes. Yeah, it felt good. Plus, there was a great light show. And it was, so, what, is it, what is it? What did Pastor talk about? I don't know, but the show was good. <laughs> Yeah, but you got you got the uh, you got the complimentary bumper sticker that goes on the window. Oh, you, 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 so that way, you can be part of a tribe. You yeah, this tribalism. So, but going back to going back to the kingmakers. I mean, Thomas Paine wrote about this in Common Sense. Yes, I mean this is this is all documented. You know, two hundred and fifty years ago, mm. two hundred sixty years ago. So, I, I don't understand why we we act like oh my, th- this is something new. I mean, yeah. Thomas Paine forewarned us of this in his writings in seventeen six seventy two or whatever it was when he argued the, for independence of the colonies from you know 
England. Yeah. And, but we just like just like the Israelites, you know, we 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 break one yoke and then we de- demand that another yoke be put upon us. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll, I'll, I want to touch base on what you were saying earlier about the, the, the rallies and we go to our church. And, and honestly, that's not Christianity. I'm going to I'm going to call it like I see it. That's that's fakeness. That's not a true believer, because once you hear from from Scripture, the word will transform you. And if it doesn't transform you, then then you're not in you're not in it. You are enjoying the sidelines. You may have really good seats on the sideline, but you're not playing the game. And I'm sick and tired of seeing guys just fake it. And I'll I'll even go to the men's study and have, you know, hear all the good words, but it doesn't impact and change your life. And if that doesn't change your life, then what good are we? We're not doing our job. JT, take it further. The one thing I've always, I've always had a, had a gripe with is that every time there's a, there's an altar call, there's two, it's twofold. One, you're sneaking people into the kingdom of heaven because you have everybody close their eyes and we don't, Oh, no, I don't do that. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah. they say, oh, remember they those said, days? your heads, close your eyes. Well, why? We're, we're Raise getting your new brothers and sisters, right? Why don't we want to know who they are? Yeah. What are you doing? And if they if they need their, what is it? Are we in kindergarten? Does this, I mean, and, I'm an expert in kindergarten. And is there shame in that? that? Exactly. And so I'm like, that's, and then the second thing is, well, how many of those people did you follow up with a week later? Oh, yeah. This is not, it, this, is, you, this was YouTube views before YouTube. Yeah. Like how many people can we, how many, how many thousands of believe there's so many churches that mm-hmm. my dad used to go to. And they said, brother Reggie, we brought 20,000 people to Christ. Where are they? What's next? <laughs> Where are they? Right. Are they? And, you know, the other quick thing before, and cause I, I've, I've got to get this out because you, you, this whole, do you know where this whole arts altar call thing started years ago? It was what was called an anxious seat where people would come forward because they were anxious about the condition of their souls. Mm. How many people today do you honestly see who are anxious about the state of their souls? This is just some sort of cerebral decision. I'm going to make a decision. I don't even use these phrases anymore because they are meaningless. Because unless you have a touch of God where you are impacted, and I refer to these as vital signs. Mm. I mean, vital signs, uh, a love for God, a love for the brother, and it, it's like a pilot light that's on. And once that light's on, yeah. I don't care how dim it is, but if it's on, it's on. Yeah. If you have to be talked into something, if you have to be guilted into something, right. if you got to be dragged into yep. something, you don't have it. And it's and it's really it's really malpractice for us to then affirm what is phony. Oh yeah. That's what we're doing. Sure. You now, I, I promise no. I I will shut up now. No. 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 <laughs> I, you you actually brought something to my head that I talk about and think about all the time is that we I wanna make sure I say this right. <clears throat> sorry. We um have I've lost my point. I'm sorry. I, you I was right there. I'll when you back. get it, you Come interrupt on. us, it, no, yeah. especially it's, me. Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Really, you, right. Well, you I'll never see you never see Jesus just happen. You never see Jesus like the, the woman at the well. He doesn't say like, if I were to push you into this well, would you go to heaven or hell? <laughs> like, there's none of that. You know, it's always like the love and the compassion. But then, like, you know. We, we just we've lost that. We we want the numbers. We want the scoreboard. We want to be able to say 20,000. We brought them. But where's the discipleship? That's that's my biggest gripe and complaint. He's got it. I've got it back now. I've, 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 I'm Come back. on. All right. How much of that is our society in the fact that we have basically negated all of our basic needs? 
We don't mm. need anything. Oh, man. We oh. sit on our couch with any information we want at our fingertips, whether our phone, our computer, our TV. Um, we have whatever relationships we want to fake. Mm. Social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you want us. Oh, I'm friends with this guy. I haven't seen him in 25 years, but he's my friend. <laughs> and you know, so we don't need the things that would make somebody think about the condition of their soul. Because you can fake it. You can get that quick opiate endorphin release in your brain yep. that tells you you have these things, but you really don't. And so there's no need to, there's no need for the introspection of your soul where your the anxious seat comes into play because there's no anxiety now. I can fake anything I need to fake with what we have available to us today. Everything's on demand. Uh, and ultimately what it is, it's consumerism. It's a consumer-based religious culture. And so it's designed not to meet a genuine spiritual need, but it's designed to meet a contrived emotional and cultural need. Uh, I, I had an interesting conversation of probably my first good pastor years ago. <laughs> Isn't that sad when you have to say your first good pastor? Don't get me started. <laughs> I, that's a sore subject for me right now. I'm sorry. Um but this guy is just salt of the earth. He and he and his wife um, left to go and serve in uh, in Africa for a couple of decades. And uh, uh, one of the things that was really striking to me, he I remember he and his wife coming to my house several years ago, and they were talking about one of their challenges when they're in Africa is dealing with this thing called syncretism. And as I listened to him explain, I thought, oh, my goodness, that's happening in America. What is syncretism? Well, it's where you've already got your own tribal gods. And then you have these missionaries come and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's like, oh, wow, that's really fascinating. So what do you do? You add Jesus onto the rest of your gods. <laughs> and it dawned on me. That's exactly what we do in America. Yeah. We follow all of the idols of Americanism and then we throw Jesus on top. Yeah. So we've got everything now. Sure. The only thing missing was Jesus. We're just going to add him to our Easter so basket. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Easter yeah. But that's been going on for thousands of years. Yes, it has. There's a book that I'm about a third of the way reading called Pagan Christianity. Oh, my goodness. You're reading the red pill. You're taking in the red pill now. <laughs> that, I'm telling you, that is like we have... We have all we've done is take, like you said, we have. Remember when we were in school and we got the old textbooks and this cover was torn all to pieces and they gave you that brown paper bag looking mm -hmm. thing to wrap it in? That's basically what we've done. We've taken the textbook yeah. and just wrapped Jesus around the outside of it and kept it going. And we've wrapped it in a flag and, like and Donald those. Trump and so we like it. But I like those though, because they're usually all all highlighted. That way I don't have to <laughs> don't really have to read it. I, I can decorate the front of the book however that's I want. Right. Yeah. That's right. Ooh, that's good. I like yeah. that. We spent. Yeah, I, we spent a month in India, and it's the same thing. Like, yeah. you can say, hey, you know, I follow Jesus. And they're like, oh, well, I follow Jesus, but I also follow all these other gods at the same time. And we're no different. We do the same yeah, thing. Exactly. It's, it's Monday Night Football. You know, it's whatever basketball team you're pulling for. It's it's whatever, whatever president that you want to see happen. It's just we're just throwing Jesus. And if it's not only Jesus, then that's when we got the problem. See, it's all the seriousness with no other responsibility. And, and, mm. I, and I just want to acknowledge, and I want to be very clear here, lest anybody get the impression I'm just throwing stones. Understand, I'm saying these things first about myself. These mm. things have had to first be discovered in me. Uh, you mentioned a book. That was a book that wrecked my life beginning 10 years ago. Once I read that, actually, I read um, the the sequel to that book, 
um, uh, what was it called? I forgot the, the sec- I read the second one first okay. and then I read pagan Christian, but it wrecked me for the system. I've mm-hmm. never, I've not participated in the system ever since. And for that reason, you, you've got something very, uh, try having a father who did that to you. <laughs> oh, really? That's, I haven't trusted anybody. Si- I've trusted one person since he passed. Are you serious? Absolutely. I don't trust anybody. Give me the word. And, I trust one person. That's, yeah. but that's, that, I'm thinking, man, he See, would enjoy talking to you. And, and mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I'm at a, uh, I'm being very real with you right now. Yeah. I'm in a very um, um, challenging place in my life right now for this very reason. Mm-hmm. Because not only do I have my own spiritual battle I'm facing regarding myself and my own journey, I'm constantly reviewing this question of, where are my true brothers and sisters in Christ? Where mm. are they? Yeah. Who have a, uh, where is this, where is this spiritual awakening and where is this quickening that brings us together? Mm. That is genuine, that is organic, that is concrete. And I'll be honest with you, is not promiscuous. And I'll tell you what I mean by promiscuous. Yeah. The friendships that people so easily go in and out of mm-hmm. without any conviction. I mean, are you, I mean, for, and I, I, don't, I know I'm not suggesting you go to this, you know, you, you, you know, take some sort of blood oath with somebody. Right. But I am serious about the fact that are we people who the scriptures described as, as being knit together, generally being knit together by joints and ligaments, that is not the kind of connection I see in most of today's Christianity. It's take it or leave it. I don't, you know, I don't, I feel like talking to you today. I may not feel like talking to you next week or I can tell you the quality of those relationships has been way better the last 10 years of my life outside Mm -hmm. the system. But even there, I think the foundation of what keeps us apart is Western individualism. 100%. I think that is at the core. And I I think we are so selfish and focused on our own things. We haven't begun to really mind the depths of what does it mean for me? For instance, one of my favorite verses, I think it's Hebrews 3.13, where he says, exhort one another daily. Mm -hmm. What kind of relationship... How many relationships do we have like that with people where we're encouraging one another daily? Yeah. Now, I find it amazing. I've had this conversation just the other day with somebody who is, you know, concerned because I'm not in the system, I'm not part <laughs> of a church. And, right. You know, I, I tell I, I them, did, listen. I did bring a Bible pamphlet from our church for you, today, <laughs> just in case you want to get saved <laughs> this weekend. Well, well listen, we'll leave that in the, in the bathroom just in case you need oh, to pick that up. Oh, yeah. my goodness. That's a good place to read it, too. But. Did I just say that? That was so awful. But in all seriousness. Only if you forgot your phone. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Being a part of one of those things is the least of my problems right now. You know, it's... It's we're focused on the wrong things on, on, you know, it's like an attendance checkoff or whatever it is. Do we really want to enter into this thing of bearing one another's burdens? What does that even mean? We don't. We don't. We don't. Because you know what? That requires work. 
And that requires us to actually... But it also calls sacrifice. Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I'll even go one step further is I, I think the demasculinization of men oh boy. in our country is, Peterson. is is mm. critical right now because yeah, right I now agree. it tells you the society says you are a lone wolf you can do this on your own you don't need anybody's help you're strong enough you can do this by yourself and we can't we cannot be the brothers that we need to be because we're not designed we're going back to community we're designed to be in a community and our culture is telling us you don't need anybody else. You do it on your own. And that's a lie. That's a lie. Yeah, absolutely. For right. our listeners, that's a lie straight from the devil. But, uh, but, the way we do, but, but the way we do community is actually practice it. Yeah. And, and have people see us practicing yes. it because it becomes infectious. It does. So, I mean, this is like the the, the question I posed last night at our, our club meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, these are things that go through my head. These thought experiments that go through my head every day. Yeah. You know, do we feel a moral, you know, a moral compelling to do this for our fellow neighbor, or do we, or do we make a call to have someone else do it? Yeah, these are, you know, or do do we watch a friend who's struggling with something? Do we dive into that problem, or do we find someone who can dive in with them? And, and they, these are the problems I have yeah. right now, my spiritual problems I have because uh, I, 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 like I told you today via text, I think I'm broken. <laughs> because because I'm the, I'm the person that if I felt I had to intervene in someone being physically uh, in a physical altercation and I knew that they could be three punches away from, uh, you know, drawing a few last breaths or being in a coma, mm-hmm. I feel compelled to jump in. I don't feel to call the cops or, you know, if there's a, a, a truck wreck and the car's on fire, do I stand back and call 911 and wait for the fire truck? Or do I jump in? Yeah. Do, do a friend of mine who is dealing with heroin addiction and is sleeping in a, in a gutter? Do I call uh, a rehab service to pick them up, or do I go with them? Mm-hmm. You know, these are the things I think we have to dive into, but we don't want to because um, it's messy. It's messy. It's messy. But also, it, it, mm-hmm. it's like a linchpin. You, you're now hitched to that problem. Yeah. And I, I don't think we want that, yeah. and it breaks my heart. Um, when when we refuse that, or we or we say we can't do that, or we there's services out there for that. I mean, you know, we we quickly forget our history. Well, we don't know our history in this country. I mean, you know, we had a great economy in construction prior to prior to us throwing our money uh, through the barrel of a gun through taxation and expecting the state to take care of us. Philanthropy and you know, if it wasn't for some great Catholic organizations of nuns just going, you know what, I'm getting off the railroad tracks here. I'm going to set up a, I think I'm going to set up a hospital here. Mm-hmm. You know, th- these are the things that, that drove volunteerism yes. and um, the self, the selfless, selfless act of providing for that neighbor and despair. These were the things, but now we just, we expect to pay our, you know, pay our, our, our penance to pilot and we expect pilot to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Come on. Yeah, you know, I, I, you've you've hit this on the head that the the church ultimately is the is the key here in bringing the reality of this eternal kingdom, the power of that to bear, and we live this by example. We first walk this out ourselves, and I'm this has all been. I mean, I'm, it's still in formulation for me, mainly in practice. The ideas are great, uh, but. The whole idea, and we go back to the 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 sinner's prayer, and you know all of the right. false conversions. 
but the true thing that God's calling us to, and, th- and we don't hear, and this is part of our language where it's been bastardized. We don't talk about the kingdom of heaven mm. and the kingdom of God the way we should. And, and here's what I I'll mean by that. The gateway into heaven is not, you know, signing a card or anything like that. It is bowing your knee mm-hmm. to the authority of the king. It's an exchange. You are entering into a new kingdom where he's he is he's Lord from yeah. that day forward. Yeah. And so think about the implications of this. That means, okay, Jesus is king. And that means now that you're in the kingdom, I do what he says. My life belongs to him. It's no longer mine anymore. Yeah. But guess what else it means? And this is what I say to people that not only do I belong to him, but if you're in the kingdom, then I also belong to you. Mm. And this is where we will not go because, you know, it's our laying down our lives mm. for the brethren. What does that really yeah. mean? But, but we allow politics and other these extent, you know, extenuating circumstances to separate us, you yes. know, and we, we, we've still not, and I, I'm mm. 42 years old and I have just now grasped the concept of incarnation that once oh, we accept yeah. Christ, Christ comes into to us, live he, in us. He, you know, there is no proximity mm. issue anymore. Yeah. Christ is in us. Therefore he must be in you and you and you yeah. and you. I have to accept that. You know, if I'm looking at you, I'm looking at Christ. I'm looking at the mirror. Mm. You know, mm. I hope that mirror is smiling back at me. But we do not grasp the concept of the incarnation. Yeah. We do. We don't. We don't even grasp the concept that God came down from heaven, put on skin, you know, a blood suit, this meat suit, and came down and experienced all the things that we have for us. Yeah, we don't. We don't grasp that. Well, and to go back to your point, I think that we love the resurrection all day long. Mm-hmm. And the birth. And the birth. Mm-hmm. We love the birth and the resurrection, but that crucifixion, hey, buddy, we don't want to have nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Because there's the death and the resurrection, everything. And, and to our listeners, guys, this is cyclical. The whole thing. There's death and resurrection. It's death, burial, and resurrection. You have to die to come back, and we don't want to die. Well, and here's the other thing. And I heard somebody say this years ago, and I get it. <laughs> I really get it. Many times over. <laughs> Check. You have to experience, if you're genuinely in Christ, you will experience a series of funerals. Mm-hmm. Yep, it, it's 100%. not just one time. It's yeah. going to be an ongoing thing, and it's going to be painful. Yeah. That's what we see. We and want this that. is not what you're going to hear from certain prosperity preachers on television. That wear the $1,000 shoes. Oh, gosh. But, you know, but... <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Paul talked about this. We must die sure. daily. I mean, we yeah. must attend. We must attend our funeral every day. Yeah. to follow Christ, because my human nature, my my you know primal brain, doesn't want to do what I want to do. Yeah, I mean, or what I need to do, what Christ is compelling me to do. So we must attend those funerals every day. Yeah, and and honestly, and and I'm in this place right now. You know, where a part of me is like, I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to. I don't want to die. Why, why do mm. I have to do this? Why does everybody else seem to be able to just do whatever they want? Mm. And you know, I'm, I'm explaining a, a crisis I'm going through right now. It's like, all right, why is it, Lord? It looks like people can do pretty much whatever the hell they want. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not talking unbelievers. I'm talking about Christians. Yeah. 
And they seem to be doing just fine. But I seem to be the one, it feels like anyway, mm-hmm. I've got to be the responsible yeah. one. Mm-hmm. I've got to be the loving one. I've got to lay down my life. It's like, where are these other people? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know this is the Elijah syndrome. No, no, no. But you, you feel this at times. And it's, uh, you know, it's you got to keep coming back to that place. And I, I'm reminded of that even as I read about Paul, how he came to the place. How many times did he find himself alone? Yeah. I mean, yeah. boy, this this is not I mean, can you imagine that context in America today and, and a, an apostle? Yeah. I mean, come on, let's hear some preaching here. Yeah. Uh, an apostle who's basically abandoned. Where are the thousands of followers and admirers? Where are they? Yeah, That's why it was easy for the church to kick my dad out. Yeah. They said, no, wait, you're, you're making us uncomfortable. Yeah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to say you're leading a cult. We're going to call you a heretic. Oh, my goodness. We're going to badmouth you even after you pass. And we're we're going to leave it at that. Oh, my goodness. And it's just it's it's when when authority and it, going back to what you said earlier, because I heard a great a great sermon on this actually last week. It's all in divine order. You want to have you want to trust Jesus and you want to trust God, but you don't want to submit. Mm-hmm. And submission actually comes when you trust the person you're submitting to to offer you protection. Your children submit to your authority because they trust you're going to protect them. Mm-hmm. You submit to the Lord because you know he's going to protect you. The problem is people say they, they want to stick to the birth and the, and the, and the, uh, the resurrection. resurrection, but they don't actually trust the Lord to take care of them. So they're yeah. never in a submission mode. So it's just... Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to grow. Nobody wants That's to That's painful change. right there. Don't mm. be talking about that. I don't want to hear that anymore. <laughs> That's so right. Let's talk about the Easter Bunny. Well, hey. But we've got Can we to talk the about point peanut butter? where all in our, as a society, all of our basic needs are met. We don't have to trust. Yeah. You know, we've we've got, I mean, even the poor people, I mean, I'd say this all the time. It sounds and, you know, like a really bad thing to say, but we're the only nation in the world where our poor people are fat. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You know, yeah. our poor right. people have cable TV. They have phones, yeah. cell phones. Our air poor people, yeah, our poor people though, that make more money than some of the rich in some of the other countries. Exactly. So, so they have no basic needs for yeah. the most part. So there's no need to. What do we need dig. God for? Exactly. Yes. We don't Why need do we God. need to trust? Or we are God, yeah. or our government is God, and they're going to take care of us. And it's yeah. funny because you brought up the whole Western idea of Western individuality, and. There are many good things about Western individuality that has helped spread the gospel around the world and has created, the honestly, what I've said is the most prosperous society on the history of the planet. But there are downsides to that, which we've spent a good bit of time talking about tonight. What I just, like I said, it also, like all good things, it can be corrupted. It's a snare. A snare. And I, I think that's, I, I read this years ago. I can't remember who said this. That in our culture, in our society, our danger is not persecution. It's seduction. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where we get into trouble. It's seduction. And we are so easily seduced by lying spirits and, and frankly, just flesh. It's not even complicated. It's it's right in front of us. Yeah. You, you and would we think take the bait. The devil hasn't changed his tactics since day one. No. Like, it's always, no. you. this is going to be really pretty. Why don't you have a bite? It doesn't matter if it's fruit or if it's a woman, like either one. I know it's twisted now as we're being seduced into believing that we're constantly persecuted. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, hey, buddy. 
Don't or, get me started. Or, on we're, I'm or, suffering. or, or we're suffering. Or I guess we're seduced that maybe we're we're actually where we need to be with God. Uh, you know mm, what I'm saying? Like we're com- this is we're it? comfortable. Th- you know, this is what going, Christianity is. Yeah, going going yeah. back to Marty. You know, being that huh. our 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 basic needs are met, and no one can say that that are not. I mean, you can pretty much be destitute, homeless, and there's some program out there somewhere yeah. where it can at least give you something, something hands up. There's not that a lot in, that, in other countries like that. But you would think that the country that we are right now where our basic needs are met, and if we were really truly followers of Christ, we would be fixing the other problems of the spiritual yeah, condition. That's true. But we don't. We, we fall on our own laurels, and we, we fall prey to the consumerism. We fall prey to the um, you know, the social media post or you know whatever. We, we don't actually yeah. go out and do anything with this Christianity. 100%. And and so all, all those Christians that are very upset about the abortion issue and or or yeah yeah and and, and this is going to be great when there's an influx in children that are in the foster care system I expect you to go foster a kid I expect I, you yeah, to, I'm to re, adopt I'm a kid for that yeah. I, mean, I, I mean I'm an adopted dad already and we've yeah. already posted several times on several things that our home's open I yeah. mean we would love to unfortunately our our God called the government, you know, we have so many stipulations and regulations right. and, and just, uh, I understand out of day practices. No, no, I get yeah. what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, they but make it difficult. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there though, Christian and not Christian that would love to have an opportunity to say, you know what? I understand your position, but if you carried a full term, we would love to be blessed with this family. Yeah. As yeah. a family. And, and you know, you, you really sparked something, what you guys were just talking about. Let's talk about legislation, for example. Okay. Why is it that it is easier to go to foreign countries and adopt children mm. than it is to adopt children right here in the United States of America? So this is the kind of thing. We ought to be champions of these kinds of issues. Yeah. And and I think where we've been ensnared, again, is by greed. I think that is a lot of what's driving. And I'm saying this as a, you know, a, a I would say, Republican-leaning type person. Mm-hmm. I think that has ensnared so many people right now. We are drunk with our prosperity and preoccupied with yeah. that it's all about money yeah and these kinds of issues where why haven't we been champions on this getting rid of all of the red tape mm-hmm. all of the barriers to make this process easier to take care of children like that yeah and, and i think in the past it was a lot about prosperity i think something fundamentally changed about six to eight years ago where now it's about feelings because i'll give you I'll give you an example. Here we go, guys. I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, uh, this is on a microcosm level. My kid, who's six years old, can't even send out birthday invitations to her classroom because there's some county policy now because there was probably one butthurt parent who kid didn't get invited to a a party, and now they can't send out birthday invitations. So now we have to manage that one person over the greater number. And this is probably the same thing where – the government has great intentions of keeping people's feelings great, but they they they, they miss it. I mean, they, well, 
they don't hit a home run. The one thing I'll agree with you on feelings is I think that we've got this wonderful American savior complex that we're going to go across the, the waters and we're going to adopt somebody from a foreign foreign country because they need a better life than what they could possibly get there. And by the way, it helps our social status if we walk into church and we have a, a kid that looks a little bit different than us. I, th- I think, right? there's, I think there's some. I, just a little. I, I think there's some people out there that they're like that. But then there's people like our family where sure. we cannot have a family due to due to medical issues on my side. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I would have given my right arm and left arm to have a child, to be a family, to, mm-hmm. to have the opportunity to be called dad. Right. I could give two craps about the social status symbol because no, I'm already I'm already a pariah in many industries. I don't fit in anywhere. I'm not biker enough because I can go I don't go out to the biker bars and include with that. I'm not Christian enough because I got too many tattoos and I ride a bike. <laughs> I'm not tattooed enough because you know I don't have devil symbols on you know I never right. fit in anything. I'm a pariah regardless. <laughs> no tattoos on the neck. Uh, there you go. I mean I, I, you know, I don't have the I don't have the knuckle rockers. I mean I, I, I don't fit into anything. I think um do we have an American savior complex? Probably sometimes, some things. And, uh, um, but I think for the most part, the wholehearted people that are actually like, you know what? We want to have a family. I'll be honest. When someone came up to me and my, my, uh, for full disclosure, my daughter is half Kenyan, half Hispanic. Okay. Um, someone came up to me and my family because, you know, you're awful good to adopt her. I'm like, you might want to shut your mouth now. <laughs> we had the most cynical, greedy intentions ever. I wanted to be called dad and my wife wanted to be called mom. We didn't yeah. care what method that was. It, you know, right. however it was, we wanted to be that person. But that I think, it. but I think that there is that like, Oh, look at us. We've got, we've got the, Oh, I know. So people like in, that. in Christian realms, if you adopt a foreign child, that's a whole lot different than just adopting a U.S. kid. Like you, it's a social, it's a, it's a stereotype. I think it can, I think it can be because yeah. we have friends of that way. Friends, yeah. friends that have adopted internationally. They gave, they have provided an opportunity for uh, an inter- international child, won't say from where, mm. um, and they have afforded this child a life of luxury compared to where she was from. Right. Okay. For them, it is like a purse. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is it is like a car. I agree with that. I know people that have a passenger. Ornaments. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that's a good. I, one. I know I know people that have a, a 1984 Econoline van, Ford van, who have eight kids and you know three of them are international. And they they basically sold the 401k mm-hmm. and their livelihood and, and yeah. their retirement just to become a family because they felt yeah. compelled to be that that's way. That's cool. So I mean, you have to, the boat. Posing into the spectrum. Yeah. And, and bottom line, I think you just get the rubber's got to meet the road, right? Absolutely. Like you've actually got to do this stuff instead of just talk about it. What were you going to say? I was going to say it's, it's real. It's real interesting how we, um, oh, I know I'm, I'm having a case of Marty. It's, going, <laughs> it's, it's rubbing off. The, the spirit of hit you. That's okay. Second. That's all right. All right. Keep getting spirit. Oh, I'll come back. But no, I think, you know, we were sharing the video yesterday um, at, oh, at the Cigar Bourbon Club uh, where uh, our old our old televangelist friend Jimmy Baker was hawking a coin uh, with his pal. I can't remember his name now. It's the Trump uh, Be Closer to God with uh, Praying for Trump coin. It's only 45 bucks. Oh, no. $45. Wait, what is this? Please hold on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Please, Take me back. This. I haven't seen this. Okay, well. Right. Do, we need to, do we need to play it? For any of our listeners, who, especially international listeners, Jimmy Jimmy Baker is a uh, former tele, tele, or a current televangelist, but he ended up in, in trouble some years ago with a, with a network called Praise the Lord. Uh, 
uh, him and uh, you may have known Maybelline. his wife. I'm yeah. sorry, that was bad. sponsored by <laughs> sponsored by Maybelline or uh, whatever. Uh, Estee Lauder. <laughs> she was born with it. But Tammy Faye was his wife, and she was probably more famous than Jim. Anyway, Jim uh, went to federal prison for tax evasion, probably for several millions of dollars. Anyway, came out and. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, it redeemed. And uh, anyway, he started this new televangelist ministry, and now uh, his televangelist ministry is hawking uh, survival food because the impending in, in apocalypse. And now you can buy this new gold certified gold plated uh, coin for forty five bucks. Um, it has uh, Trump and also the, uh, King Cyrus's picture on this coin. And if you rub it and pray, then you're pray- you're con- basically a direct connection. At least it's worth something. I mean, I, I saw, I saw twenty years ago. I saw a televangelist selling a tissue <laughs> for healing. Um, I think we'll send you this free tissue when you send us your pledge. Mm. It was, it was a tissue. It was, it was literally a handkerchief. That was a tissue. Oh wow! <laughs> you got, you have, I can't v- find Vince, it. You have to find this for your show. I'm gonna have to look. I, this I, up. It will make me more cynical than I already am. I yeah. probably should avoid this. I don't. Um, I don't oh, no, want, no, I w- no, don't. I want to. I want to be cognizant of your time. And, and if you need to, we can. No, I'm this. fine. Are I'm, you okay? I'm perfectly okay. fine. Right. This is entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing so that we're called, levels. it's not entertaining. So there's that. <laughs> Do you have it? Do you want to yep. play it? Oh my God! Just, hey, do you have a? You gonna pause it for a second? Or, oh, I don't have one of those things. The Lord said, "Because when your faith is being crossed, America, how are you pray?" This coin is our point of contact. When I asked the Lord why the coin, the Lord said, because when you take the coin, it's a point of contact. So your faith is being released with a million other believers to pray protection and peace and wisdom and counsel over the president of the United States and over his family. Mm -hmm. That's our point of contact every day. When you see it, remember, God puts something in your in your hand that you have a role in. That's why we've got to pray, because they think we're crazy. But we're actually the sane ones. Right. That's and right. So we're praying. We're going to pray. No. This, Somebody needs to put that over a beat. That is here. This oh, coin is yeah. a point of contact. Yeah. This uh, 24 karat gold plated coin. And uh, by the way, I had I had to, uh, I couldn't uh, copy the Sanhedrin model. I told them I would do an original. So we found uh, a nicer picture of the president to use. So that's not a nicer picture. But what uh, we want to do is we want to be able to start, Jim, this move. We've got 16 months. It's a, this, this battle for the future of America has already started. 16, oh, we 18 go. months. We're already in it. We're in the battle right now. We need to be praying now and not <laughs> captive to gloom or anxiety. But it goes back to that's what you Jim were saying. Baker. That's Jim Baker. No, that was uh, his uh, co-host. I guess. Uh, I was in a room. Can I just suggest something? Boy, I'm really, I'm going to step in it. Let's go. (laughs) Does the phrase charismatic witchcraft mean anything to you? Oh, oh. I am so sick of this stuff. I really am. I mean, it just, I've had this, I I think I ticked somebody off several weeks ago when I used that phrase. Good. But (laughs) this is where we are. I mean... It, it it just blows my mind that people are. I mean, how different is this from the shaman who's operating in a jungle somewhere in South America, or the snake oil salesman turn of the century? Uh, yeah, I, I will say I do think that we do need to pray for the president, but it doesn't matter if it's Trump or Obama or anybody. Like I think that prayer needs to be done, and and that's fine if that's your intention. And if if you, if you need to have something in your pocket that says, "Hey, I need to remember to pray." Just in general, that's okay because I, you know, I've got a little coin that a little uh, thing that just helps. And, 
And can I interject something? Sure. Yeah, yeah. We need to pray for this man's salvation. Sure. First and foremost. Yes, he is not our king, and he is not a representative of That is of one Christ. of the primary things. Yeah. I Here's one of my frustrations about this whole presidential thing. Jacob, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know where that came from. What frustrates me is the sycophants who are surrounding the president. And, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not judging anybody's hearts, but I, 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 let me you just. Can, you can tell their fruit. Let me you just put it this way. Yeah, when you have a rotten apple and <laughs> it falls off the tree and knocks you upside the head, you don't have to judge it. Sure. Okay. But, but here's the point that I'm making. I am very concerned that we're not really concerned about the president and the state of this man's soul. We are around him because we want to we want to be close to power. Mm. I'm convinced yeah. that most of the people around him, that's what's driving the agenda. Because if they were, here's what bothers me. And this, this frustrates the living crap out of me. Probably his first presidential prayer breakfast. I remember him saying... The world has all kinds of problems, and I am going to fix them. Nope. At a prayer breakfast. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, does anybody see the irony in this at all? Mm. I mean, all of these Christians gathered, and they're just eating this stuff up. Yeah. Yes. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy needs, he needs, if anything, he needs somebody to go to him and say, you are the man, you know, to yeah. deliver a message Man, you need to humble yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're no spring chicken. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and to see this this thing, and uh, okay, I, I I've already stepped in. I may as well go completely into this because I heard Franklin Graham say something the oh, other day. Uh, yeah, I know, yeah, turned a few right. stomachs. But here's part of what's sad to me is we've pandered rather mm. than being messengers, rather than yeah. having a safe distance from people to be able to speak truth to power. We, because we want to be close to that, we have changed the standard. I mean, the same people who criticize Bill Clinton are now sucking up to Donald Trump. Yeah. It's like, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. And we, yes, I pray for Donald Trump. And honestly, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I said on the air. I said, I pray that God will send Donald Trump a, a crisis that's so great. It'll drive him to his knees. Mm. It'll be beyond his ability to handle it. Yeah. See, it, it, it's until you come to that place, we've all got to come to the end of ourselves. Yeah. And 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 bigger picture, there's nothing. And I can't even believe I'm saying this, but in the economy of God, there's nothing special about America. No, it's true. God there's does not. not love America more than He loves Brazil or Portugal or. Or Venezuela. 100%. And I think the truth of the matter is, to many of us Christians, our devotion to this temporal kingdom is way too strong. Mm -hmm. And we need to have a gut check about which kingdom are yes. we most dedicated to. Yes. Is it the kingdom of God or the kingdom of America? Because I got news for you. My sense is, in order for God to get to us and our hearts, he's going to have to discipline America. I really do think we're going to have to go through trial, if for no other reason, for God to purge us. Yeah. You know, it, it's not a matter of our presence is going to help save America. It's a matter of God having to 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 allow trial and tribulation and hardship 
to drive us to our knees. Yeah. That's what I have a feeling is going to have to happen to get the idolatry out of us. I'm speaking to myself. Yeah. Being honest, Hardening but. our hearts, Pharaoh. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know of a, of a scripture. Maybe somebody can, can correct me of where he just let uh, the people just continue to to do what they want to do with no recourse and, and said, no, you're good. Like there's never the prodigal son doesn't get to still, you know, do what he wants to do. He's got to come home and say, whoops, I made a mistake. Yeah. And at some point, I think God's going to take us behind the woodshed. And I agree. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot to be said for that. And but we were talking earlier about the society we've built, the prosperity we've built and the church. And I would argue the true church where it's growing fastest are in areas of the world where their basic needs are not met, and they have to rely on spiritual, their spiritual growth to f- fulfillment of their life. They food, wa- clean water, and but the economy that's driving that is based here. So, how long will God allow us to churn out the economic engine that grows the church in those areas? Because the money that's allowing that to take place, and believe I mean, what, whether we like it or not, it takes yeah. money to do that. Sure. How long will God allow the economic engine here yeah. to produce fruit there before He cuts it off? And my question is: Does He cause a, a? Does He transfer that? Does the source of that come from somewhere else? And and here's another important reason for that: because I also think we export so much of our religious crap too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard I heard a story from a, a pastor here in this country. He was sharing about how. Uh, there was a very rapidly growing house church movement in the country that he came from. And it was very decentralized. It was very relational. And guess what? In comes Christian television. Mm. So what did they do? They set up mega churches. And I wonder at some point whether the, 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 the diluted, polluted gospel that we export. Yeah becomes something that the Lord just has to has to shut off. But that's always the second wave. The first wave is the true gospel because yeah. it takes a certain amount of commitment and dedication to give yes. up your life in this society where you don't really have to worry about a whole lot that's not real <laughs> to give it up and go to a country where your house may have dirt floors and mm-hmm. you don't have television. That's the real gospel. That is what the seeds planted. Yes. It's the second wave where the garbage comes in. But the the gospel isn't for the prosperous. The gospel is for the person who has absolutely nothing. Isn't that interesting? I've thought a lot about that. How, what was that? What was Jesus' proclamation about the gospel being for the poor? I mean, God, I mean, Christ asked, you know, the prince or whatever to give up his, his monetary money. And the guy's like, ah, forget it. I'll try another yeah, one. But, but you look at, at others where it's Zacchaeus who had a crud ton of money and he, and he encountered Christ and is like, you know what? I've, I've jacked this thing up. Take it all back. Like that's more important. And we have, we don't have examples of men and women that said, I'm going to give it all up 
and and truly follow the gospel. They no. even stay here, you know. That like we'll we'll pack it up and we'll go to Africa. But where are the people that are just I'm going to give everything to the Lord here? No, it's you hard don't to find have those. to. All you have to do is give ten percent. Mm-hmm. Oh well, oh, yeah. But you know we, we don't net or gross, but we don't value net or gross, but we don't value even the word of God. The word of God yeah, because you got to think, you know. <laughs> Even uh, even a hundred years ago, we gotta hang out sometime. I miss, man. I miss what he said. Tell you what, I miss what you said. What was I said, that? I said he found that in Second Opinions three seven. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, that's, where, that's where everybody seems to be getting their source material. The, the, yeah, book, the book of Hesitations, <laughs> chapter four. I got you. Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Forgive us, Lord, for I we know not what we do. Yes, we do. No, we do. We do. I'm just kidding. No, it's. Here. This is great. Oh, this gosh. Is great. This, is, man, this is how you do a hundredth episode. That's right. <laughs> Long and real. Wow, I feel really honored. <laughs> no, but we don't. We, I mean, the word of God. Number one, we don't understand what the word of God is, and number two is we we have access to it. Everyone has can download an app, have it on their mm-hmm. phone. I mean, just think how what at what point in history it took to get us to this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, where the printing press took took it just the common word and put it in everybody's hands. I mean, there's people still in countries right now where if they get even a chapter of the Bible, they hold on to that like mm-hmm. it's the most yeah. valuable thing in the world. We don't. We don't value that, and then also talking about God's commerce. You know the you know the the cat the the capitalism or the the Christianity uh, QVC model is that we we uh, literally we auction ourselves off to the the highest pimp. I mean we we may start going to a community church, you know, but all of a sudden that new shiny church opens up down the hall or down the road, and it has the ice cream vending truck and. Um, you know, the pastor has a rad, cool haircut and, you know, he, he right. might, he might skateboard and played in a punk band, like some presidential candidate. So he's the new shiny new thing. Yeah. You know, we, we, we opt ourselves out for what we, what we can consider like community or true things. And we, we buy into this thing. Well, we're going to upgrade. Yeah. We're going to take that second mortgage out and we're going to go out into this new church. I mean, yeah. oh, don't forget. Also, my pastor said something that was a little bit too close to the truth. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and I'm going to start shopping around for somebody that's not going to tell the truth as much. Yeah. Well, again, and I go back to, is this really Christianity? And and I, I don't think it is, guys. I think that we've completely, not we as in us, but bastardized. Yeah, we, we've watered it down, and that's exactly what the devil wants, right? Like, we'll give you a little bit, but not the whole thing. Again, back to Adam and Eve. I'll give you a little bit of the truth. But then I'm going to twist it around. And I love what you said earlier is like, maybe, maybe the whole deal is this is all Christianity is. We've, we've believed the lie that this is all it is. Just go to church, uh-huh. hear, hear the message and then just leave. And we're, we're comfortable with the milk and we don't realize that there's actually some, some meat out there that uh-huh. we need to eat. Um, and so I think that that's the disservice of a lot of the and that's where the churches on, on the positive side. This is where it's so important for people like us to to you know to, to figure out who is the Lord assigned to us, who mm-hmm. are we assigned to relate to, yeah, and how can we effectively practice iron sharpening iron, yeah, so we can challenge each other, sure. In, in in real time, yeah. not just on Sunday morning or Wednesday yeah. night, but in day to day conversation. Yeah, I, I think that's the phrase I learned from a good friend of mine. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite phrases. 
is what I call life integration. Mm-hmm. That's what we're lacking. Yeah. We've basically, we've created these segments. We've got our spiritual life here. We've got our business life mm-hmm. here, our family life here, and we don't mix them together. Yeah. And what God is looking for is an integrated community yeah. to where it's all one thing, you know, to, to me, I mean, some of the coolest times of fellowship, like I have a, a brother in the Lord, we were part of the same church years ago. Um, and we made some of these discoveries of, you know, of from pagan Christianity and some other things, uh, and began walking some of those things out. And some of the best times of fellowship we've had, uh, where I've been, you know, I've, I've had to run an errand out to Walmart. Mm-hmm. It's like, Hey, do you want to come along with me? Yeah. And we end up having some great conversation, you know, going over to Lowe's and it's like, Hey, you know, I know he's on the way out to where I'm going. Hey, do you want to come with me? Yeah. Those are the kinds of practical ways we need to figure out how do we integrate our lives on a daily basis. So it's not just meetings. Yeah. Because I I think that that if you really want to, if you want to bore the living crap out of me, just show me or try to get me involved in what I call meeting-based Christianity. <laughs> I've checked out of that. Because we don't have enough meetings, you know, and at, I at our work. And yeah. I don't care where the Let's meeting is. If the meeting, I don't care if it's in a building, outside a building. If that is the center of things, mm-hmm. is a meeting. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm interested in figuring out how can I integrate into a community that is involved in interacting in one another's lives throughout the week. Yeah. If we haven't figured that out, I don't care how well we do a meeting because we haven't figured anything out of importance. Yeah. Other than have how to have a meeting. 100%. You have to, and I I know we've used this phrase to death, but you have to do life with other people. And you have to integrate, like you were saying, is, you know, some people may turn their noses up and say, you can't possibly do this because Jesus isn't there. But we have a meeting. We, you were saying yesterday, like we hung out and we had bourbon and cigars. And some of that, that time is the best Jesus talk I get it. that I've ever had in, in our, in my life. And we get down and we even yesterday we did highs and lows for the whole community of what was your high of today? What was the low of today? And we wanted to build community with each other. Mm. And at the core of it, we don't even, uh, necessarily always have to bring up Jesus, but Jesus always ends up in the middle of it. Yes. And, and doing life, hanging out just even on our show, we just, we do life together. Well, you know, when you say meeting, meeting uh, to me, which I, 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 I do not like authority and I do not like a <laughs> framework or an outline. I kind of just like, no, that. you're kidding. I know, right. Um, but I, I, I a, a meeting <laughs> Meet, meetings are have a purpose they have right. they're confined in a box you know you right. can never go outside that box yeah. so um I, I agree with you i do not like just that meeting format all right we're gonna have a, a family meeting we're gonna discuss business topics mm-hmm. really i i really don't care about that that's the reason why i love the podcast because you know what we could be talking about this and end up in a totally different area. Yeah, I had no idea we we're going to talk about this this long, which is great. And, you know, and the the important thing about it is, and, and I want to make something very clear. Let's talk about authority. Authority is, I bow to the authority of Jesus, however it is expressed. If it's expressed from a five year old child, mm. I bow my knee. Yeah. Period. 
It's yeah. not in position. It's not in titles. It's the authority yeah. of Jesus wherever it is expressed. Yeah. And that means wherever. Uh, so it's just like the spiritual gift. So many times I think people think of, you know, yeah, you, you've got to have a meeting where you express. No, the spiritual gifts are to be expressed everywhere. Yeah. That, you know, that again gets into the idea of life integration. Yeah. I, 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 one of the coolest experience, in fact, uh, a good friend of mine, Ryan, we were, we were talking about this uh, a few weeks ago. I uh, took a, f- a friend of mine who's going through a lot of stuff now. He's, you know, have some issues with the bottle. And uh, I took him to see a friend of mine. Mm. Well, I was going to see him originally. And I said, why don't you come along? You stay in the car because I need to talk to him about five minutes. Then mm-hmm. I'll bring you in. Yeah. This guy read my friend's mail. I mean, it. he nailed him. Wow. <laughs> he was exercising a prophetic gift, and it was right on the money mm. of everything I'd been sharing with this friend of mine the whole week. Wow. And see, again, that was it. this was at this guy's business office. Wow. But That's, we expect, yeah, we expect God to only show up mm, on our terms in on. certain places. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I've seen God... In a six-year-old, I've seen, I mean, one of the most valuable lessons I ever, I ever learned was from my daughter. First time, you know, it really hit me in the head. And I was uh, out of church, had talked to God for you know, 10 years. So, and my daughter was asleep in the back seat. I opened the door, reached for her, and she reached up blindly. And that was kind of a blind faith. That was, that was the perfect example of blind faith. Mm-hmm. That was a Christ moment. Another Christ moment, you know, meeting death several times and you know of course i've also met the uh the the, the miamix nine lives commercial in my head too plays because i've had so many cat lives but but seeing christ and near death seeing christ mm. in the eyes of a heroin addict and yeah. and talk witnessing to another heroin addict i mean I, christ shows up in some crazy places we would least expect we it's like awesome. we like Jesus as Will Smith and Aladdin, where we can rub our little genie. Well, uh, he will never be my my, my <laughs> Aladdin. I'm sorry. I, I, where we could just you know rub our genie and expect God to pop up, right? Right, and then and then when I'm done with you, Jesus, get back in get sure. back in the, the lamp. Well, that pro- it goes back to that proximity incarnation thing. Yeah, we don't fully get it. Yeah, yeah. Always wishing. <laughs> Always wishing. That's never, right. But then never, but then never appreciating when he gives us what we need. No, that'll mm. preach. Too. But but how many of us, you know, a great analogy from from church a lot of times is how many of us, you know, see God as uh, Santa Claus in the sky. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, a means to an end. Yeah, That's right. a means to an end. Um, you know, judging us if we're good little boys or bad little girls or vice versa. And you know, we we we. We see that, you know, God, hopefully God didn't see me do this, you know, this, uh, this thing that he would probably see reprehensible. You know, we, we see that, but we got to realize that God's in us. Yeah. We're not, I'm not saying we're God, but God is in us. Sure. And that's a very key distinction. And I think that we've lost that in, in our country is we now think that we're God. And then mm, whenever I need Jesus, I'm going to pull him out and, but then I can put him back in and I'm still God. Yeah. You made the comment about how God gives us what we need and we don't thank him for it. And I would argue it's because we don't realize what we need. We yeah. only see what we want. Yeah. We have no idea because we spend no time looking inside. Yeah. We are yeah. constantly looking out going, oh, that's pretty. The I next would like thing. to have one of those. You know, We don't de- get down in here and go, I need this. We don't know what we need. Yeah. We just have a long list, like the Santa Claus list. Well, I would really like this and really like this. I know, by the way, please bless Aunt Bertha because she's mm-hmm. having a hard time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And you know what's funny is you you like for me last year I was trying to start I was trying to get lift tutoring off the ground in a, in a physical sense and get more kids to come and I thought that's what where I was going. God had another plan, and it's it's funny because you you look at it and you're like, wait, oh, you were trying to prepare me for for this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see it now. And then when you look back at your whole life. And I would challenge any of your listeners to this because it's so funny how we say we trust Jesus and we, we, we believe in a higher power. And every time something goes wrong, we worry like it's not going mm. to end up the way it needs to. And I can look back over my entire life and I'm like, Jeremy, why are you worrying right now? Everything has always turned out exactly the way you had needed it. The problem is you just didn't want to go through anything. Mm-hmm. So while yeah. you were going through it, you're like, this can't possibly be. It's the end of the world. Yeah, it, you have abandoned me. I thought I did this, and I, I feel alone, and I've been studying, and everybody's leaving me, and what are you doing? And then you look back, and you're like, oh. But I have this wonderful thing called peace now. Okay. You know, it <laughs> yeah. just, it just the anxiety disappears, but it's we all are subject to it, and it blows my mind. And again, I'm talking about myself, is doubt creeps in, mm-hmm. and, you're, and then you forget, hey, when does is, when is he really ever let you down? Mm. Really, when has he ever let you down? I would yeah. challenge anybody to check that because especially – in our prosperity, in our country here. Because remember, I was going to go back to when we were saying the adoption, when mm-hmm. people said, oh, I want to take them to a better a better environment. You guys remember Slumdog Millionaire? Mm. Remember um, remember the little girl and the little boy? Did you ever see the I movie? I didn't see that. Okay, well, basically it was super poverty, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a little boy and a little girl who were playing, the actors and actresses who were playing the people who were older. And the people who made Slumdog Millionaire offered to buy the little girl's uh, family a house. Okay. And they turned it down. They said, we don't need that. And they, they're, and they're living, literally they're living in the slums. Mm. And the girl, the, the girl, they said, no, we don't need that. We're okay. Mm. She was just happy enough to be in a movie and to, you know, meet one of the girls from Pussycat Dolls. And she sings a song <laughs> every day. And, and she was happy. She was content. She yeah. was at peace. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's funny that we, we insert ourselves into becoming a God towards somebody else. Say, yeah. Let me tell you what would be great for you mm-hmm. when they're thinking, well, this yeah. is. Uh, you know, I, I've seen the, the kids when I taught in Japan. They didn't have AC in the in the schools. They didn't have. They're heat, content, and they were super content. Yeah, they didn't know anything else, and it was just it was. I don't know. Um, yeah. Something that uh, is striking to me, what you just described there. I I just finished reading a book. It was recommended by a friend of mine called "God Meant It for Good." Mm. It's a story about the life of Joseph, and uh, it was it it's. It was just a very timely read, you know, uh, just dealing with some circumstances of, of life for me. And it gave me a context to, to understand. I mean, we've you know, when you read a book, you you uh, even read the scriptures, you read these stories and you can read about the life of somebody in the scriptures in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Joseph's story is 22 years. I mean, think about that for a moment. Mm. 22 years. Mm. And I, you know, it's really caused me to think about, you know, some of the circumstances of my life and the challenges I faced from the standpoint of understanding God is building a narrative. Our father's building a narrative in our lives. Yeah. We don't know the big picture. Yeah. 
And ultimately, Joseph was able to say he was able to forgive. And he, and he broke that down in ways. I mean, the, the author of this book cannot remember his name to save my life. But he made a really a section where he was talking about forgiveness and what that looks like, what it really means to forgive somebody. And he broke all that stuff down. But a lot of what I was thinking of was the timetable. If If Joseph were to plan his life, would he have planned for the events that happened? How would we, and, and, and I get, you know, there's a new covenant change of understanding about some things. However, how would we view some of the events of Joseph's life today? How many of us would be saying, I'm under attack by the enemy. He's coming after me. You know what I'm saying? And the reality is this was all part of God's master plan. Mm-hmm. For Joseph to go through the things that he went through, yeah, to bless not only Joseph but his whole family, mm-hmm. the redemption and through incarnation too. You got to throw that, yeah, in there. yeah. There, there. You know, we love redemption stories because there's always the redemption story. Yeah. Well, it also saved thousands and thousands of people because through his vision. Thousands of people in the nation of Egypt were saved from famine. People he had yeah. no, no idea, idea who they were. Yeah. So yeah. his hardship led to lives live longer for that. Yeah. That was uh, R.T. Kendall, the author of, of that book. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Great book. Uh, Vince, I've, I mean, we could literally stay the rest of our night, I think. Talking, I've enjoyed this immensely. So thank you for coming in. Thanks for the invitation. Um, well, I, I want to get a little side story. So sure. the first time I ever heard heard you uh, talk uh, was in. I'm, I'm from Anderson, South Carolina. Oh, awesome. South Carolina. He's the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. Yeah, awesome. So cool. I, I used to own some restaurants down there. Anyway, so I would always listen on my on my track in, you know, fighting traffic and stuff. I'd always listen to the morning show. And um, I, I was an avid listener of Russ Castle. And yeah. I, the first time I ever heard your voice was uh, the day that Russ passed away. And you came on, um, I believe, that during that thing. And, man, I tell you what, what uh, you know, listening to people, you kind of feel like you have a relationship with them, even though you may never meet them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was fortunate enough to meet Russ because he ate in my restaurants. But you, you, you have some type of uh, connection with them. You know, you think you know them. And um, that was – I. I I, I don't get celebrity struck. I don't, you know, star struck. I, I don't do that. I, but, I don't. I'm still crazy about the weather, man. I hear you. But uh, I, I, I'm not that type of person. But for something, some reason that hit me hard when Russ passed. It. But thank you for coming on that day and calming voices and 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 it made it made the 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 listeners of that show that that, that time that time block a lot easier to train to to move forward. So. So from a personal selfish point of view, I, I really appreciate you. I appreciate uh, how you transitioned with that. And Thank you. Um, like I said, you just you brought ease to so many my, people's minds. So um, so anyway, my upstate peeps, if you're listening, um, check out Vince. Uh, I guess uh, you're showing the word there. So Absolutely. Three. Unfortunately, my AM and FM doesn't reach down there so <laughs> up here. Exactly. But, but uh, yeah. So. You can listen online, radio.com. Right. So tell our listeners where they can hear you. Sure, it's on uh, News Talk 1110 WBT. Um, that's 1110 AM, 99.3 FM in the Charlotte area. Uh, the FM's based out of Chester, also 106.3 WORD in Greenville, South Carolina, 10 to noon, Monday through Friday. You can also listen on the radio.com app. Okay. I'll have to check out the radio.com app. I didn't know about that one. So yeah. Awesome. Can we reserve the right to have you back? Because there's so much more that I want to talk to you about. 
I'll think about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Soft sure. rejection. Oh, no, you guys, uh, yeah. you guys are great. I enjoy that it. That just hurt sure. my feelings. That, remi- that reminded me of my uh, seventh grade <laughs> dance when I asked Stephanie Nagel to, uh, you know, dance uh, dance with me with uh, Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar On Me. And uh, she says, I'll think about it. So ooh, the song was, was over with by then. Uh, we are all Ouch. used to soft rejection. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're all married, right? <laughs> oh. Recently divorced. Oh. Oh, Oops. That's okay. Dun, 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 dun. I, was, I was maybe to be funnier. I've, I've been there. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again for coming on. Hey, I appreciate thank you. it.